morning, this morning, let's have some energy. Right. Mr. Nagari Krishna is currently serving as the director, Danfoss Industries Private Limited, and heads the public and industry affairs function at Danfoss India. His particular areas of focus are on achieving sustainable development goals through energy efficiency. Krishna is basically a mechanical engineer with marine and control specialization and an alumnus of IIM Calcutta. He's a member of the CII National Task Force on a Cold Chain, CII Energy Efficiency Council, member of the ACREX Hall of Fame jury, and plays an active role in committees of industry and governance forums. May I now invite Mr. Nagar Nahari Krishna to deliver the welcome address, please. panelists, delegates, uh, guests who are uh, in the room and uh, uh, all the people who are watching us uh, online. It is indeed my proud priv privilege uh, to deliver the formal uh, welcome address during this uh, very important conclave being uh, organized by MMA in association with Conrad Adwiner Stiften on the theme CSR and uh, the decade of action. CSR Spark is the knowledge partner for the conclave and uh, I consider it as an honor to welcome this morning uh, Mr. Uh, Ranganath NK, uh, Grunfuss Water Ambassador, uh, Grunfuss Pumps Private Limited who has kindly agreed to be the chief guest and deliver the inaugural address to us. Uh, Grunfos, which is a sister organization of uh, Danfoss from Denmark, uh, they, they have done pioneer, pioneering work on uh, sustainable development goals and uh, Denmark and companies in Denmark uh, have uh, inbuilt sustainable development goals uh, into, their, into the way they do business. Development initiative uh, and government of Th Tamil Nadu, as we know, has been a pioneer uh, in uh, integrating uh, human development indices into the vision document and uh, they have not only tried to benchmark uh, the state uh, to be the best in the country but they, they, they are looking at benchmarking themselves against uh, the best in the world. And uh, we do look forward uh, to Dr. Sujata's uh, insights on how do we take this uh, forward. I also take this opportunity to welcome the members of MMA and invitees who have joined us this morning at MMA Management Center and the viewers and members from all over Tamil Nadu and Pondicherry, members of CSR Spark, invitees and large number of participants from all over the country who have joined this conclave online. There are a large number of guests from other organizations. Let me briefly tell you about MMA. As you, you, you may be aware, Madras Management Association is the largest management association in the country and has been awarded the best management association in the, in the country consecutively for the last 11 years in a row. Thanks to the tireless efforts of the MMA Secretariat led by uh, Group Captain. MMA conducts over 750 programs a year on various management topics 
and makes phenomenal contribution towards propagating management movement among the corporate members, students, and the public at large. Today, we have an interesting theme for the conclave, CSR and the decade of action. CSR is a concept which drives business enterprises to take into account their overall impact socially, economically, environmentally, and undertake initiatives to create a positive impact. Businesses normally strategize CSR practices that align with the organization's overall mission and help support these goals. In India, we can proudly say that most of the business houses are doing some pioneering work in this area. The Section 35 of the Companies Act 2013 created a global precedent by making CSR compulsory and a part of the profits to be spent for CSR. But what we have seen is that many corporates in India have been doing much more than what is required to be done legally. But through this act, an annual spend of close to 15,000 crores is going into CSR and we need to understand how this can be directed towards improving the sustainable development goals of the country. The sustainable developments, as most of you are aware, is uh, adopted by the United Nations. There are 17 SDGs and uh, the United Nations plans to uh, ensure that we work towards achieving the sustainable development goals by 2030. Recently, United Nations has renewed the effort calling for a global effort during this decade, which we are calling the decade of action to ensure that the sustainable development goals are uh, achieved. In India, along with the government, the Indian corporates have a pivotal role to make this uh, happen in the country. And uh, I am quite happy to see that uh, the corporates are taking very positive uh, action here. This event envisages to elaborate ways in which we can do more and understand what, wh how we can uh, strategize our uh, work towards uh, achieving uh, these sustainable development goals uh, in India and uh, work towards uh, a way where uh, India not only achieves uh, uh, it uh, delivers its economic and business results but also does it in a, in a sustainable way uh, ensuring that uh, everyone uh, is brought out uh, of uh, the po po poverty and we protect the planet. I compliment MMA and CSR uh, Spark for coming together and deliberate on the nuances of this act and uh, what are the proposed amendments that we could look at the CSR rules. I take this opportunity to also welcome uh, uh, our uh, current president, Mr. Ravichandran, past presidents, managing committee members of MMA, distinguished invitees, student members, and viewers from all over the globe watching this program live on YouTube, Facebook, and MMA live webinar. Wish you all a great and uh, enriching conclave. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Krishna, for this wonderful head start for this conclave. Uh, now we have the award presentation ceremony. May I request all the students who are about to receive the awards to uh, take the place here, come out of here so that we waste less time. As a prelude to the 19th uh, All India 
management students convention which was held on the 17th the thursday number of competitions were held we thank almost 15 members of the jury and the quiz master mr anand who has helped us in this process our compliments to all the winners and all the participants in various competitions some students have participated virtually from outside chennai there are many of them they are not able to come and receive the awards in person today and rest of them are here so may i now request the chief guest mr ranganath nk to please give away these awards and i also request request all the dignitaries to take their uh, seat on the dais please mr ranganath nk is a mechanical engineer from the college of engineering in chennai with management degree from xlr jamshedpur with over 4 decades of experience in marketing sales design project management finance hr business strategy and general management He has been the president of the Madras Management Association in the past, the chairman of Tamil Nadu Council of CII, and the chairman of AEEE, Alliance for Energy Efficient Economy. 
During his 20 years in Grand Force Palms, he not only set up the company and its production facilities, but also built the brand equity. He retired from Grand Force recently this year, but continues to represent them in initiatives on sustainability, energy and water conservation. Currently, he is on the board of a few listed and other companies as an independent director. He is also part of the CII National Committee on Skill Development, Manufacturing and chairs the CII Southern Region Committee of Skills, Education and Job Creation. May I now invite Mr. Ranganath to address the delegates, please. Thank you. Uh, good morning to all of you present here and all those that are online watching this. And a special welcome to Mr. Krishnaswamy and Dr. Sujata to MMA. It feels nice to be back at MMA. Maybe I should remove this and speak. It's easier. Uh, yeah, the building didn't look this way when I was president in MMA. It was very close to my office. But then uh, some faces don't change, like uh, the, all the secretariat. And I used to call him my boss at that point of time. I'm sure he drives Ravi also more than Danfoss drives you. So, uh, uh, without the Secretariat, we wouldn't have got uh, where we are today. And, and I'm glad to see that MMA, uh, when we got the bestest thing when I was president, it was the third or fourth consecutive one, and now number 11. So, it's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, so, we're talking today about CSR and the decade of action. And decade of action is something, is a phrase coined by the world leaders in September 2019, when they said that they have to look at uh, speeding up the uh, attainment of the sustainable goals because we had only till 2030 to do this. Um, so the alignment between SDGs and corporate social responsibility is very vital to ensure that we achieve these SDGs because all the SDGs are based, or I would say uh, they are corporate social responsibility put in nice blocks of 17 uh, numbers. Uh, and it will be a very powerful mechanism uh, to grow and to ensure that we attain these goals by 2030. Uh, looking at this point of view, I'm not sure we would achieve all those goals. Uh, in fact, we are slow in some, we are okay in some, and we are negative in some compared to where we were in 2015. And that's rather sad. But mapping of SDGs and CSR initiatives will help most corporates and companies um, basically to sort of ensure that they are on the right track. So if you see what, what is CSR, uh, it started off as a charity at one point of time. Maybe even thousands of years ago there was charity being done, either by individuals or by organizations or by kings. Later on, charity, and it was focused basically on human beings, predominantly. And then came philanthropy. The word changed to philanthropy where more corporates came in, more individuals came in, and then uh, it went from just total focus on individuals to perhaps all living beings. And now we have CSR, uh, which was, all these were voluntary till a few years ago, till 2013, 14, I think, when the law came in India. Uh, CSR encompasses everything, everything that helps us sustain this planet. Very often, uh, I hear, and even on, on the portals of MMA in the past 10 years ago, I was laughing when people told me, if you don't do something, the, the earth will die or the world will die. We are stupid if we think the world will die. Human beings will die. Rest of the things will go on. Now we saw in this COVID pandemic, everything lived well and the world revived itself except for the human beings. The only thing that will disappear like dinosaurs are human beings. 
So there is a certain self-interest that we actually save this planet for ourselves. Very, very, uh, what you call selfish kind of motive, but it is motive enough to do if you really want to see human beings level. So the CSR Act came into being, I think, 13, 14, if I remember right. He's the expert on that. Um, so what was voluntary became mandatory. Now, that's not a nice thing to happen, per se. But I say that that CSR Act was good in a way that it focused people into doing something, into action, which otherwise we might not have seen. Has it gone well from 2014 till now? Uh, he will probably talk more about it, but I'm not very satisfied, but we have made progress. In the beginning, I found unscrupulous people trying to get money from corporates and give, a, give you a CSR fund, we will do something. I also found unscrupulous politicians jumping into this with all kinds of NGOs. But all that is past. I think uh, corporates have woken up. I remember my own uh, discussion with, uh, with, uh, with the politicians. Say, Sorry, every time you open your mouth, I think you're taking my money. I can't work with you that way. You tell us what you want to do. Anyway, I knew him very well, so I could speak this way. And I don't try to do things. So uh, he said, okay, fine. I agree with your point of view. I said, most corporates would think this way. We told, why don't you tell us what to do? We will do it. You can take the credit if you want. We have no issues. But we want to see the job done. That's important. Implementation of what our intent is, is very vital. If we really need to see anything, leave alone CSR, uh, have an impact on the ground, and more so CSR. So what does SDG do? And what does CSR do? Basically, it classifies things that need to be done for a better and inclusive world. That's all we're looking at, a better and inclusive world for all living and sentient beings and for everything else. Because we are all interconnected. Very often I find sustainability in silos. It never works that way. You can, you can sort of say that everything is interconnected. Your food security is connected to your water security is connected to your economic security is connected to, your, to, to the rest of the things in the world, to the climate. Ultimately, if you're just looking at one silo and ignoring others, you won't get the required impact. But at the same time, you can't, you can't go behind everything. So what is being done now is that corporates are picking up those silos that are their passion or what they are good at. Like, for instance, Grunfoss Arsels, we picked up uh, SDG 6 and 13. 6 being water and sanitation, 13 being climate change. The Tatas have picked up one, livelihood. Like these, many corporates have picked up various uh, SDGs and are working towards it. And if all of us pick up, uh, SDGs that we are good at or we like to do, and we spread out well, we, I'm sure we will achieve what we need to do or what we set out to do or what the UN set out to do in 2015. So the agenda, which was adopted by the UN in 2015, uh, really put this into 17. You can look at the 17. I, I can't per se, I know what those 17 are, but I can't read it out now. But anything that you do in CSR, whether you do it personally or through, through a corporate, if you're able to tag it to a specific SDG, then you'll see that we are all speaking the same language and we can really measure. What you cannot measure and verify, you cannot improve. Take, for instance, uh, we deal with water. So what we said we should be, uh, we should be 
very, very careful with water consumption. And before we preach this to others, we should do it in our own factory. So we've been trying to drive down the specific water consumption, whether it be on person basis or also on per pump basis that we produce. To the extent that we built, we were the first green rated uh, commercial building in India in 2005. But we have continuously improved, went from a gold to a platinum rating. Why? Because do we like to see this plaque in front of us? No. It is a way of binding yourself to a goal and making sure that you have a way of achieving it. So we started measuring every bit of water that we consumed. And we started recycling and reusing it. Mind you, we even collect all the condensate of these air conditioners that we run and we collect the water back and we use that. We don't let out any sewage, we don't let out any grey water, we recycle everything. And when the rains come, we have 230 charge bore wells. We don't draw water, we pour water into it. That's when the rains come. So this is something that anybody can do. It's not rocket science. It's just that we took upon that this is what we need to do. So reports show that despite progress in a number of areas, I'm not talking just out of the blue, despite progress in a number of areas, we are still far behind in achieving the SDG goals by 2030. On water especially, uh, we are behind. On uh, livelihood, we are behind. On eradication of poverty, we are negative. Especially with, 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 the, with the impact of COVID, we have gone behind. So what has COVID done to this? It's basically a health crisis has become a human a socio-economic crisis. The whole world is grappling with it without knowing what to do. We have a lot of, uh, what you call, uh, these uh, vaccines that are coming up. Uh, we don't know how well they work. They are on a trial basis. But uh, the progress is happening. And then hopefully we will see a virus, uh, at least in the middle of next year, which can work on some of us. Until then, we have, changed our, we have to change the way we are living. And this is a final example of this. Now everybody in masks... And uh, like I, I always like this little, uh, what you call, uh, cartoon that I see. In the past, if you wear a mask and go into a bank, you're a thief. Today, if you don't wear a mask and go into a bank, you're not allowed it. You know, it's a kind of change that has come about. And, and, and this decade of action, this 2020, 2030, that's what this is all about. It's the next 10 years, what can we do to make that real change on the ground? Uh, Actually, the UN calls for pledging to mobilize finance. Uh, it's uh, calling for enhancing uh, national implementation. Um, it's also calling to strengthen institutions to achieve these goals uh, so that we can achieve most of them by 2030. So accelerated efforts are very, very vital, needed to ensure that we move forward faster than we have moved till now. We will, all of us need inspiration uh, we need a certain amount of creativity, not just uh, at the individual level, but also at the local, state, uh, country level, as well as, as well as the global level. Um, we need the young of this country, of any country involved. I always said, uh, and I still maintain it, uh, after you cross the age of uh, 30, you're an old fuddy-duddy. Yeah, you might feel young. They say that 60 is the new uh, youth, but no. Uh, your, your brains are sort of set in a certain fashion. Changes come about when, because of the young, you know, because they have no fear. They have no, this, they have no this yoke called experience hanging around their necks. 
which in a way experience is good in a way it's not so good so they are fearless in terms of taking on things and voicing their opinion so we we have to look at our 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 youth our academia working with them the private sector working with them and all the stakeholders including the government working with them and in, uh, without a concerted effort by everybody i don't think we will be achieving much and uh, the transformation uh, uh, that covid has shown that we have shown some resilience in this country and many other countries uh, for a thing that we can't see but has created havoc so we should learn from this how do we reduce the risk for the future of any kind of uh, uh, maybe a pandemic maybe a natural uh, disaster and how do we ensure that we avoid this at least by working for the next 15 20 years so uh, we will have to work at an unstoppable pace uh, there's no point in talking for me uh, I, i often say this again much to the anger of some of my 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 fellow citizens of india we are great in thinking we are great in planning we are great in putting out things when it comes to implementation we suck we have no idea of how to implement on time and that's what we need to do it can be a small idea it can be something but get it implemented we seem to have a, a a kind of thing where everybody points finger at the other person and 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 this is happening everywhere in organizations small organizations that's because of the, i think i don't know what i attributed to but we need to get out of that mindset and say okay we will help each other mind you the only mammal that has been given the power of thought and the power of sacrifice is a human being other mammals have a power of sacrifice if they're young or threatened otherwise they run away but the human being has these two and we don't seem to be using it well so at times we have to suboptimize an individual to optimize a collective so we need to be very careful about that we need to identify risks that are coming about and it requires each of us to take action individually and collectively and the, putting the collective ahead of the individual and that's not easy to come by over a period of time i think we were uh, uh, seeing this many many thousands of years ago but we have changed that seen that change so um what is so urgent about it i'll give you an example of water again if we start changing our practices of water by the time we stop deterioration it might take another 25 years so are we ready to wait for that long and see things going down so how do we ex- ex- end extreme poverty today look at the way poverty is spreading even during covid the rich became richer the poor became poorer and that there are studies enough studies for that so what's going to happen if somebody loses hope if a person loses hope they have nothing to live for you're going to have problems social unrest all over you're going to have social unrest all over and i always say this and been saying this for the last 30 years and when it comes to india the red flags are not going to be from kathmandu to kamam it will be from kanyakumari to kashmir because there is no no hope so we need to build this hope we need to be quick about it we need leaders who are accountable and that is a scarce commodity i'm not talking only political leaders i'm talking of leaders in organizations leaders in 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 corporates you got to be accountable you got to take the buck stops with you so it's very important that we we hold our politicians also uh, to 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 accountable to to be accounted for what they're doing we need to be actually uh, charge ourselves and 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 see if we have innovative solutions 
so that we can move forward um, in, in a much better fashion. Uh, sustainable innovation is something that, that we need to have. Uh, we are good at innovating small patches, but how do you sustain this thinking? How do you keep going forward? That's some, and and in, especially in terms of... So you can innovate products. You can innovate some technology. The question of supporting SDGs is one of money. How do you financially innovate to ensure that we have enough money kept aside? So what we did, we experimented in Greenforce. Just before I retired, that, that thing is continuing and I'm once in a while keeping a tab on it. What if we as a corporate take a part of our business, a part of our business now, and later on it can be the full business, and say that if I'm, my goal is to make an EBITDA or a profit of whatever you want to call it, of uh, 20%, I will work in this sector at 5% so that I cover my costs. And I will sort of put out products or services which directly impact the SDG in terms of, uh, for us it is 6 and 13, if it can be anything else. Uh, we also worked with one. What would then happen? I will really bring out a triple bottom line showing the financial and social impact on the people and the planet and see what impact I have created in this world. If all corporates start doing it in a, in a small fashion and slowly this builds up, you will soon find that the purpose of business will be just beyond the business of making money. And every business has to have this purpose. We need to go beyond just making money. How much time do we have? No, no, no. Just making sure that uh, we got to keep time. Huh? We have never uh, sort of uh, let go of that. Yeah, so this is something that we need to. So when you, when you look at uh, these kind of investments in terms of money, time. Uh, we also have to make space for our communities. Yeah, we are fighting, you know, whose God is better, whose religion is better. I mean, God doesn't care about all this, and we do. I don't think this concept of God, was, according to me, was made by man because it makes us comfortable, but it's okay, it's good. There, there is a certain something beyond us which is uh, running this whole universe, which is, uh, which is even beyond imagination. But having said that, imagine the politics that will be there in heaven if there are many gods. If there are two, there are politics, if three, there's chaos. So we need to focus on making space for our communities, especially with our young people. All this has to get meshed into one another if you really want to see uh, CSR and if you really want to see the next decade making some meaning for the next few generations. Uh, quite a few of us, except for the young out here, we are all has-beens. We have lived most of our life. I can see a lot of gray hair, bald heads, all of things. We have lived most of our life. We don't need any changes. We perhaps will live. But most of us are in love saying, okay, we had such great time. The world has changed now. It should be like the old. Why? That was good for us. It's not good for the new people. So let's make the world good for the young. And that is what is needed. So we need global action. We need uh, to secure better leadership. Uh, I, can, I'm, I have no, uh, no qualms in telling a guy like Trump was, was horrible for this, for this world. He denied even uh, you know, climate change. You can't have leaders like that who are so sort of self-centered. We need more resources, smarter solutions, without doubt. Locally, how do we embed some of the traditional practices we had 
how do we embed this you know there was a lot of traditional knowledge in india when it comes to either saving water or buildings that were intrinsically energy efficient and 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 kept things cool even in hot places we ignored everything and moved blindly aping the west i'm nothing against aping the west the good ones but why do we give up something good that was there so how do we bring these traditions back how do we bring them into policies we have a consultant here for how do we bring them into the policies budgets great policies great thing no budgets what happens nothing can be done let me again tell you i was talking to the secretary water resources in delhi a couple of days back and also last week i said the government has fantastic plans of putting in infrastructure you put a lot of money but you put zero budget on maintenance so all the money you put in in 5 years is gone and then again you start looking why don't we start putting money on maintenance every year year on year so you need to maintain what you set up we need to look at regulatory frameworks uh, for governments the civic and local authorities let's take tamil nadu madam what does a town planner or a country planner do he is a glorious approval giver he looks at and gives approval so this can be done we should train the town planners and, and and country planners to look at 25 30 year 50 year plans and ensure that water bodies are not disturbed runoffs are not disturbed certain areas are kept aside zoning is done right the right factories or businesses are put up in the right places the right crops are grown in the right places it's a, it's it's a holistic approach to things and that's what scg and csr is all about you move all your csr money towards getting this country to do better so we've been talking to the governments and they are also realizing that that they they, they need to have a holistic approach especially when it comes to water i always say that uh, if uh, chennai had 300 uh, tanks and now it's i think 80 tanks and some are getting revived and we have put all our buildings in in where the runoffs are and the water is not going to ask you permission whether i can come into your house when the floods come you have taken my place sorry is mine so we need to be a little more careful about so like regulatory frameworks are important then people as individuals as civil society as media as private sectors as as unions that are there you know they are quite powerful you know and all other stakeholders what are we going to do to generate a movement that cannot be stopped and that like they say each drop makes an ocean and we are all drops so let's not think that just because we are individuals we can't do at least around us if you start looking at i think a lot of young people get enthused so this is where we need to sort of be careful about i also already spoke about measurement and verification there's one thing that i would like to uh, talk about inclusivity before i i stop um you know we tried an experiment uh, 10 years ago i was invited by a school which uh, has autistic children and adults and uh, it was just a chance in invite and i was there there was an annual day i was just sitting talking i heard a set of parents talking about the child who was then i think about 20 years old saying in tamil if all of you understand naang irukkar mattum parvala apra yaar paathupa what happens to this so it just struck me i said i spoke to them i said let's try this out you put your teacher there sensitize our people in our factory we will give three of these people jobs and train them 
and see how they work. There are three of them. Five came in. One died because of other issues. One was not able to handle. There are three of them working today after ten years, earning the same salary as anybody else. And you should see the video that they have made. Somewhere I've sent a link, and you can have. The parents are so happy, and they say they are so proud. They say the others are jealous of us, saying our kid is now working in a multinational, earning more money than uh, than their uh, wards. So it's it's important that we <coughs> we we focus on this. Now, what we decided because of this, we added a few more people. Uh, we have decided uh, uh, next year we are going to cordon off about twelve uh, hundred square feet in our shop floor, make it a training center. We are asking the school to bring a bus in or get a van, get five or six people. and they get trained some of them can get absorbed some of them can work elsewhere they get trained and they will work it's a it's a assisted workshop and we will pay for what they produce so it's it's not very difficult and mind you i was asking my guys how do these people work autistic people they are very focused on repetitive jobs they are much more productive than anybody you can see and it's amazing that they are so mainstream now so it's just picking up something and doing what you need to do so the last 15 years we've been focusing on water on energy and we said okay let's also focus on people especially uh, the underprivileged and especially if they have uh, uh, they are uh, mentally challenged so it's worked well so ultimately what we need to do uh, in terms of our resources we need to manage our resources well we need to ensure that we 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 put in the right kind of money and effort uh, we should also stop conspicuous consumption covid has taught us that we can live with much less i see this from every corporate i speak every person i say we can live with much less we were simply having conspicuous consumption so what can we do to reduce this we don't throw away things we repair things because we were a repair side of society we become a throwaway society we just go back because certain things why do you throw it away because you 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 injure the earth um So there are many things like this, you know. Uh, up, you know, you you recycle, you you or you sort of upcycle things. You take old things and make new things out of it. And there is an entire supermarket in Sweden, very close to the recycling uh, municipal recycling yard, where they pick things. And there are designers and design schools upcycling things, and people are buying it. Why do you have to buy something new when we built our uh, green building? I asked for recycled, and people were very upset. We don't sell uh, what you call used things. I said, no, I want used things. I want used furniture. I want rubble come from a, come from a building where you're broken. If you've taken timber somewhere, I want that. I don't want to get fresh one. And, and saying, let's do this. So that's one thing: remake, upcycle. The other thing is the, 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 the many hours that you say refuse, reduce the consumption that you have. All the time, look at it. I just had a young fellow from IIT who showed me some uh, new nozzles for water taps. So instead of for all the taps that you use only to wash hands, it gives a nice mist. So I bought all the nozzles and fitted up in my house. Of course, I was a lot of there was a lot of opposition from the maids. I said, "You use your taps to wash that uh, this thing." And those uh, nozzles have cut my water consumption down to 20 percent of the tap. So it's possible. So let's reduce. Then let's also remember all the time that we need to be. This goal is a moving goalpost. 
the more we delay the more it moves that we need to be behind this day in and day out you don't have to kill yourself but little efforts little changes that you make at home and in yourself would make a, would make a huge huge sort of difference and uh, also respect people's choices sometimes you become very evangelistic that doesn't work you can't force people into anything you got to you got to be inspire people so let's respect people's choices uh, individually everybody has his own choice but if everybody is slowly converges and i'm sure we'll will will have a will have a planet which is very different and uh, uh, much more sustainable you know in in runfoss the person who's, who 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 created runfoss was the founder uh, he had only one sentence that he left behind we would like to leave behind this planet a greener more energized one than the one we inherited so the entire company is working on on that basis but it's not difficult for others to work uh, on on that basis so with this i think i will i will stop um, it was a pleasure coming here and speaking to all of you and i'm sure there are others listening on on, on too so it's not something that is very that you have to really plod and be very passionate and push things small steps bite sized chunks as they call it if you start uh, you know putting it in your mouth or are you doing you will see that large changes can come about uh, very simple to the kaizen concept in 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 factories small little changes every day every day can we do something better than we did yesterday that's all that matters and then we'll see the changes thank you thank you so much sir thanks so much for setting the context so comprehensively so that we take on from here we can possibly take just one or two questions um, is there anyone in the audience who's got that questions clip ready yeah there's one uh, could you pick it up please we also have one odd question on social media that we will see once we finish this is there anyone else who wants to ask a question in this hall yeah we have a couple of questions online we can take that as well hello can you hear yeah the question is given the fact that all csr activities are important would it be ideal to have an apex monitoring authority to allocate awarding to the priorities to amplify allocations where it is required the most this again would bring it into a realm of uh, what you call uh, control uh, so while it may be good uh, there are already certain private agencies including cii which gives out csr awards so we could do that in mma too rather than then have some authority because the moment you say an authority you will find uh, politicians jumping in and, and opposing it as much what is happening with the farm laws today uh, i am a son of a farmer my father used to talk about these uh, draconian laws which had to be removed 50 years ago 50 years later the laws have been removed and today we have people fighting it so i would say that uh, more and more private bodies bodies like these associations societies if they come up with uh, this to award people with good csr efforts it may have a better impact than having uh, an authority an apex monitoring body uh, i don't know how maybe do- uh, dr sujata can sort of say what the government is thinking of but uh, yeah they could also have an award but rather than an uh, than a monitoring body because then then becomes a lot of interference as to what should be done what should not be done so personally i'm not for it thank you sir we got two questions uh, 
from social media and both of them are actually uh, relating to the corona and its effect so it was it's the question alludes to the fact that with the pandemic causing so much of uh, problems all over uh, do you think the csra funding will get affected because of this and it, how are we going to deal with this it is already affected all the funds that were there see remember that every company has a certain budget and uh, and the, C, the the pandemic affected their business most company had losses um, march april and may were a washout for most companies and you can never recover that so having said that the money that they had for csr moved towards covid pandemic and actually the long term efforts they were supporting even that suffered there is a clear issue there and even if i now when i'm talking to corporates is very difficult for them to fund anything now but uh, hopefully the recovery has started and hopefully we'll be able to sort of get back to all those things that we were supposed to have done uh, there's a lot of learning that has happened during covid uh, one of the learnings is that uh, we found that uh, the same effort was being done in the same area by many many people so we said we should have some way of coordinating instead of an authority some kind of coordination where uh, the government can say hey in this area only this this is required uh, let's not have four people doing the same thing so these are some learnings that have come about which can be used in other areas too but it has impacted uh, without doubt very very seriously right sir thanks uh, one uh, mr aswasant resource head like you he wants to know assisted learning spaces is it available for all social kids see we have just started assisted uh, not living assisted living is for people who are uh, in old age homes and things like that we have started uh, uh, assisted uh, what you call uh, uh, manufacturing in terms of uh, uh, assisted vocation i would say where uh, we have a, a, a controlled atmosphere for people like this we have uh, coordinators who understand them we have a bunch of people around who are trained to handle these people and we allow we train them and allow them to produce and they get paid for their produce uh, so many, so they have a, a feeling of self esteem that they are earning which we have found in, in the few people that we have uh, helped uh, great self self esteem they are so confident and uh, the best part of it is all these three every year contribute back a donation to the to the school that they came out of yes. which means it's it's a self supporting kind of uh, movement and uh, that's what we are trying it's an experiment we don't know but we hope it works uh, and we hope others also follow it thank you sir uh, so one question to mr ranganath from murli dha from this hall presently a present decade he says uh, uh, the solid waste management has become a big problem how can csr help resolve this who creates solid waste you and me if you don't want to sort of segregate it in our homes and throw it on the road it is going to be a problem so the first thing that we need to do is let's start in our homes i've tried my best in my own home to have three bins but to to tell my maid adalam parwala sir ella setna therilla podaporam ipo em pannano i said nothing doing you have to segregate it we need to sort of work at that level i find that the new uh, ones in uh, chennai this arbasir sumit they come with uh, segregated uh, boxes and they are segregating outside which is a good move yes i mean some csr funds can go towards that but but most people think predominantly it is the business of uh, the municipality to do it but uh, like i said we can't say that everything the government only has to do we have to give a helping hand because after all we are creating the waste if if you don't create so much waste when i said reduce it also creates less waste 
and if you are uh, careful about it. For instance, your kitchen waste can be easily uh, converted to manure. At home, I've seen so many people doing that. Now, why do we dump it? And it also smells. So, things have to start at home and uh, we all have to work together. Right, got it. So, I think uh, that brings us to the end of this uh, first session. Uh, I think, uh, may I request? Yes, may I request President uh, MMA, Mr. Ravichandran Puri. President To Mr. N.K. Ranganath, please. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a round of applause. It's taken so much time. Captain Vijay Kumar, uh, to give the word of thanks for this session, please. Thank you, Venkat. Uh, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, all the people who have joined us today. You've been so disciplined, maintaining a uh, strict social uh, thing. I see one of them not wearing mask. I think you could uh, avoid that, wear the mask, so that uh, you, know, you not only you protect yourself, you protect others. I really appreciate your cooperation. And all the viewers watching this program, safely from your place, wherever you are, I think more than 700 people are watching this program live on various social media portals. And uh, thank you for joining this morning. And uh, we organized this event today, uh, CSR Decade of Action. When I spoke to, I, I tell you the background why we organized this. Uh, I must share with you, uh, delighted to share with you, that MMA has gone to CSR activities. Now, we initiated uh, CSR in the field of education uh, to give scholarship, training to the teachers, training to the students, and also training to the parents, because we find in the CSR you involve the parents, the children get involved better, the teachers get involved better. At the moment, the school do not know how to really involve the parents, except for parent-teachers meeting, and parents really do not know how to involve with the school in terms of school education. So MMA is really designed a beautiful system, how to get involved. We identified three schools uh, from this part of the Chennai, government-aided schools, PSA school, Mailapur, Swami girls' schools, uh, Mailapur. Uh, you'll be really surprised. I was really surprised to know that uh, almost 60% of the children's uh, mother, parents are single mother. In. So what we decided to do, some work with them to train the mothers so that they become independently and also able to do that. And one area where we really found research that the children go to the school, is really girl-child, and they don't get, uh, that early marriage get avoided. So we are working quite a bit. When I was working, I understood an organization like MMA, we've done so many seminars, conclaves. I was blank when I had to implement this CSR initiative. And I started consulting people, talking, taking a lot of opinion from so many people who had achieved excellence in this field because we want to set an example of how the CSR should function in schools. We have selected one more school from outside, from Rani Pet. What we are going to work, we put up the curriculum. Initially, we want to give scholarship to the poor children, uh, then also train the children as well as teachers and also the parents. 
so that is why the idea came that why can't we do this csr decade of action and uh, we also have another new initiative which mma started we are doing with center for uh, social development delhi where we are bringing out a excellent manual uh, training manual for sustainable development goal uh, not for all the 15 uh, 16 odd uh, development goal we are bringing it on sustainable development goal in the field of education in the field of clean water and sanitation health and uh, climate change so one of the area where we also want to do i am going to share the questions with the people who are watching who have come today and also the people who matters we are picking up the questionnaire to kindle your thought process get some insight from you what should the manual if you respond to the question i assure you the manual will reach you that manual is going to be a real game changer in terms of training the ngos for implementing sustainable development goal in society this is the initiative which we have taken and that's the reason we also want to do this and reach out to as many people as possible when we send the questionnaire because at the end of the day the manual can come out as much as the so much input what we get the person who is going to you know design the manual one of the finest organization in the country you all know council no council for social development is the one which does quite a bit of work on sdg uh, so we that's one of the reason uh, we really organize it that you will all get the mail please take some time uh, whichever area is applicable to you send your response to us because it will really help us and i can assure you the moment manual is ready we'll share it with you now coming to ranga what should i tell him ranga was my past president uh, mma and uh, we had some wonderful time and i can assure you that if this building is happened today i think we are there are so many presidents have done so much of work in building funds and thing but ranga was responsible for one quick action i know that ranga remembers of that one of the committee meeting we have been discussing these issues we should have a city office we should have a city training center people are not able to come to omr he is only said why are you keeping this building when he is not bringing investment return on investment to you please sell this and move to city roberanga you are the one who put that point and uh, he put that point that spark was then we caught on to the spark and today we are all here and so many people are so happy to come and participate in so many events of ours and uh, thanks uh, ranga your thought provoking insightful address i i know is going to set the context because we got another two outstanding speakers it's really given the context to them what they should be taking it through in their uh, journey of two other sessions and it's always a privilege to have you with us uh, great uh, thank you once again and we look forward to seeing you more mma and i also acknowledge the presence of uh, ravi prashothman uh, president mma is here this morning with us and uh, ravi we close to work and one area where ravi did a lot of hand holding for us is getting digital transformation of mma you know uh, we never waited the march 27th was thing uh, uh, that lockdown was announced from 28th onwards we were online we did all our programs since online number of programs we could do and we also know we are done we are we are very ready for hybrid model i don't know how many of us seeing you must change the system and sound system multiple cameras uh, so what happened hybrid system if any if anybody is coming on the zoom we can integrate and see that everything look like live and we are going to do some of the best speakers are going to be coming and talking here so we will have hybrid model thanks to ravi for the great support and soon we'll be launching the state of art website with state of art digital library and app everything will be launched another week's time you really love going through that uh, you know navigating through the website because we are getting so much of information you are going to be getting that ideas uh, that covid in a way indirectly helped mma to transform ourselves digitally and adapt ourselves so that we can bring the best of the thing and uh, we are able to get the best of the speakers in fact this evening you must already got the mail we got some four outstanding international speakers when we talking to us on 
globalization uh, what's happening in 2021 please do watch this evening at 6 o'clock plus we are also having some outstanding event lined up all through the month and next month do watch them we had a outstanding uh, again student convention day for us today where 21000 students watched this program live so what i'm trying to tell you the power of digital is phenomenal the reach is phenomenal and i'm also to thank uh, dr sujatha and also mr kishnaswamy who will be putting together and putting the whole convention this conclave together to bring it to you whatever questions you have all the viewers watching this program anything you want to know in csr I, as i said we all have a lot of queries in csr how how to do where to do what is the csr reporting what is donors reporting what is the you know you should have internal systems and process how you have checks and balances accountability it's better to ask all the questions here because we are in a small group uh, you, you will know uh, so many answers which you want know you will have answers from you have experts here uh, you know uh, spark capital spark uh, is is one who has done some phenomenal work in the field of csr kesami and has come all the way from coimbatore under these difficult circumstances to speak to you Thanks so much. It's really a pleasure to have you with us, Sujata, Madam. I think uh, Sujata is from government, uh, taking care of the Sustainable Development Coal Initiative. I can. I was telling her this morning. She's one uh, person whom, when we approach, instant reply will come. So polite, so humble, uh, very, very, uh, so good to see you, Madam, from the government, uh, helping us so much. And I'm going to be in touch with you for this new initiative of a book, which you are going to bring it out. So we, your input will be very, very valuable to us. thanks to all the viewers thanks my mma team uh, venkat uh, for efficiently taking it through i think 5 minutes uh, we are more because we have given enough cushion for the tea time that's why we said we can move beyond the time what is allocated otherwise we are time and covid time difficult time requires difficult situation requires difficult decisions so we can 10 minutes extra doesn't matter you can have a good cup of tea get back uh, by about 10:45 10:50 so that the next session we start on time once again thanks so much to each one of you for being present here and uh, please follow the social uh, distancing protocol because not only your health is very very important and others health also very important we don't want anything to happen that where something has happened because of mma event you know we don't want to be popular that way we want to be only share the knowledge with you not otherwise thanks so much and uh, over to you venkat thanks each one of you for joining this morning thank you sir thanks for summing it up ladies and gentlemen we break for a quick cup of tea uh, try to be back by 10:45 as far as possible so that we can start the program on time thanks a lot ladies and gentlemen
gentlemen let's welcome mr krishna swami with a round of applause please we're all set for the next session so please sit down sir shekhar so um, mr krishna swami is the founder and chief patron of csr spark post graduate in mechanical engineering retired from business on june 30th 2016 after 32 years certified as a csr professional by indian institute of corporate affairs new delhi he founded csr spark a platform to facilitate all stakeholders in the csr environment to meet formerly a member of rotary club of kamtur west phf and former president psg tech alumni association he is a member of the aprex committee sirutuli he is a member and visiting faculty at the institute of directors may now invite mr krishna swami to address the delegates on the team review of the csr act rules and amendments Morning, everybody. Am I audible? Yeah. Clear. Okay, good. I'd like to thank um, Captain Mukumar for giving us this opportunity to present the views on CSR and the decade of action. And uh, when we think about the decade of action in the SDGs. first person who came to mind was dr sujatha she works for the tamil nadu government they are the torch bearers for sdgs within the state and uh, wonderful job is being done by them unfortunately nobody knows about it today she will throw some light on it and uh, you'll get to know more about how csr can i think i'm standing in the wrong place the monitor sir okay so what i'll try to do is i should thank mr ranganath for having given me the perfect preamble on this subject There are certain areas where i need not touch at all he has made his point from a generic point of view i'll try to tell you what is the csr law what are the nuances over there what are the what is the integrity for the corporates for the implementing agencies gradually i'll move into some statistics how the csr environment has fared over the first 5 years of csr from 2014 15 up to 2018 19 
for which data is available in the open domain from where I have taken some data and how we can take CSR forward to enhance the attainment of the SDGs. How many of you have not heard of SDGs previously? Be frank, nothing else. Whenever somebody comes to me to talk regarding CSR, some help on CSR, I ask them, have you heard about the Sustainable Development Goals? How many of you have heard about the MDGs, Millennium Development Goals? How many of you have heard about it? Very few are. Good. So SDGs themselves, they don't know. Then the MDGs, it was a precursor to the SDGs and how it goes. Now, the decade of action, Mr. Ranganath and the other speaker, they've mentioned what is the decade of action. 15 years of SDGs, 5 years have gone, the remaining 10 years, the final push is given and that's why it's mentioned 10 years to transform our world. The aim of the SDG, everything regarding the SDGs, Madam will handle and she is the right person to talk about SDGs. I will start with the CSR. CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, the history of CSR, of course, Mr. Ranganath covered right from a donor point of view, from a philanthropy point of view, now they have moved into CSR. It's a gradual move that has come across. CSR has been in vogue abroad for quite some time and as has been mentioned already, India is the first country to have mandated CSR. And it is basically a partnership between the corporate sector, the civil society and the government. All three put together, that is the driving force behind CSR. It is a convergence of the government uh, schemes and activities and the business schemes through CSR. It is fundamentally a convergence. Now, when you start a business, your aim is how much profit do I get? Your project proposal will tell you what money can be made, your projections for the next five years. This is what you keep talking about. And that is the ultimate aim. Why do you start a business? You have to make money and either it's in a partnership firm or you have shareholders in a limited company. You have to pay back to the shareholders. That is the idea behind starting any business. So this has been there for quite some time, but one stage you realize you have to give something back to the society. Be a responsible person, not only as an individual, but as a corporate also you be a responsible person. Instead of just the profit, profit has been relegated to the third place. First come the people, the planet and the profit, the triple bottom line and previously we were having only 
financial reporting now they have incorporated social reporting and environmental reporting into your annual annual uh, reports Preview. long time back when you see the annual report will only contain financial figures now both these have been included environmental reporting where are you getting your raw materials what are you doing with your waste everything has to be accounted for what is the carbon footprint everything comes into the picture you have to give it and of course social reporting how you are dealing with the society around you that has to be included and ultimately building empathy into business now what is it that you take from the society when you start a business a factory the land holding you convert some part of the land the land is being utilized which would have earlier been an agricultural land or a free space so you are getting into that place and the infrastructure which the government has provided for example the roads the water supply sewage supply everything you get you use the infrastructure which is available from the government also natural resources most of them you consume as either you take from the natural resources in the form of in the form of water fundamentally and also you contribute to the deterioration of the natural resources in terms of your effluent this is what is happening this has to be considered and the local skills i am from an, i do a bit of agriculture near coimbatore being in the industry lab i am very difficult to get any labor over there everybody has gone into the industry now you have taken away my labor what are you going to give back to me how does agriculture survive household chores also you don't get people because they get shifted into the industry this is happening everywhere and the culture most of you will agree that when a place gets industrialized the basic culture of that place totally changes either for the good or for the worse then we were in engineering we had a subject called technology society environment one management subject used to be there every semester so how this industry can spoil the culture of an area that used to be there so this also has to be taken care of these are the areas where you take away from the industry so previously we were just talking about shareholders from a shareholder model it has become a stakeholder model now the shareholders are only one of them you have the employees and the value chain value chain is right from your supplier you buying raw materials or he is supplying materials to you your service providers and also the procurement your sales after sales and ultimately end of life of the particular product how do you take it back certain mobile phones stores previously you must have seen i don't know whether it is said now they have a bin over there used mobile phones you can throw it there and go they take it recycle it and do it so when you are designing itself they call design for sustainability designing for sustainability is the in thing right now for any design engineer what are the natural resources you are taking right from beginning up to the end so the value chain is totally affected the government is a major stakeholder for any business it is from where they get the money to run all the social schemes 
you take the GDP, the industry contributes about industry and services, both these together they contribute around 85%, 83% and agriculture is around 17% only now. Manufacturing is slightly lower, services have overtaken manufacturing and these two are the major contributors. The financial institution, the person who gives you the money, the banks, they are also part of the stakeholders of the company. The environment, of course, I told you how much you hurt the environment. The civil rights groups, right for bargaining, right, right, you have the labor unions and all those, they are there. And finally, you should never forget the politicians. They are there in your place, elected, they are in power, they will have to retain power. Somebody is out of power, who will have to come into power. They use the businesses over there. It is you cannot do a business without interference from the politicians. The bigger you go, the more the interference. Now, basically the CSR environment, we just call it A, B, C, D of CSR. A is the implementing agencies, B is the beneficiaries for whom the entire activity is aimed at, C are the corporates, and D are the drivers. Drivers in the sense the government, how they frame the laws, monitor everything. And of course, CSR Academia, a lot of people doing research on CSR, how to take it up forward. And also you have the CSR professionals like us who come up. I just telling somebody, I don't, I don't call myself a CSR consultant. I'm a CSR professional only. That's all. I would like to be more academic, teach people what to do, what not to do. The NGOs, when they come to us, we tell them, this is what you do. Where do you, sir, where do you get funds? Who is going to pay me? You tell them, you just go look at this particular, I'll show you all those things. Look at this website, you'll be able to get some data. That is how we do it. And the implementing agencies, there are, basically the company does it directly or its own foundation or through civil society organizations. What is the benefit of doing it directly? What is the benefit of doing through other third-party organizations? When you do it directly, your workers are involved. Employ all their employees, your staff, everybody is involved. That gives a good feeling amongst them. That's a benefit for the company. But you may not have the expertise of reaching to the actual needy person. That is where the NGOs come in place. NGOs are very good in working on the field, telling you where what is necessary. So, now civil society organizations, this is where the interest will start for the NGOs who come here. What are civil society organizations? Community-based organizations, village associations, environmental groups, all of them come there, right up to not-for-profit media. But the only thing is that they should either be a trust or a society or a Section 8 company. Section 8 company, see, trust and society, you know it is a not-for-profit. Section 8 company, again, it is a registered company, not-for-profit. It should be either of these three. Should be highly compliant. That is, compliant in the sense, if you are a trust, you are answerable only to the income tax authorities. The easiest formation for this. You go into a society, the register of societies is there, the second agency who comes to monitor you, you have to submit reports there. Most difficult thing is the Section 8 company, you will have to be more 
adept in handling your recording and everything, whatever is there. So it should be compliant and minimum three, if you want to do CSR work and if you are either, a, if you are a civil society organization, you should have three years standing, you should have your um, annual reports, three years annual reports, your filing and the compliance, when I say compliance, you should have had your, your trust or something, you should have your 12A and all those things, I'm not going into detail of all those things, try to be compliant. Whatever compliance is there, get to know from your auditor or whoever is helping you out. If you don't know anything, you can ask us in person, we can help you out. That is that. And expertise in the related field. I would have specialized in education. But when there is money available for some uh, sanitation uses, I will do that also. That is not the way an NGO should be run. You should have your expertise. You please concentrate on what expertise you are trying to develop and do it. That is the idea behind it. Now we come to the law as such. I am making it very simple. I am not trying to give go, dig deep into the law, the rules or the whatever it is. Companies Act 2013, this is where CSR was introduced, section 135, you have to read it. Section 134 also, if you want to run an NGO, if you want to run an implementing agency or if you are a corporate, you want to do a uh, CSR ob obligations, you have to go through all these things. Schedule 7 will tell you what are the activities which go into the CSR. CSR rules are there, time to time amendments come and notifications come. You have to keep a tag on all these things. If you are unable to keep a tag, please do register in our website and you can keep viewing. Whenever it, something happens, we keep updating over there. Instead of you searching everywhere. That is what we do. So the crux of CSR. Any company with a turnover of 1000 crores, a net worth of 500 crores or 5 crores profit, they come and that is the threshold limit for entry into CSR. The CSR spent 2% average net profit of the immediately three preceding years. Very simple. It is the duty of your company secretary to find out everything and do it. This is from the corporate point of view. Now CSR is a board level activity. CSR, you cannot, somebody write down the line, you create a department and somebody is working under it. It's not like that. It has to be done by the board. Board is responsible to do all these things. Once you reach that threshold limit, this I'll be flipping from the top square to the bottom one. You have to constitute a CSR committee. That is what the board has to do. The board should comprise, come down, should comprise minimum of three or more directors. The composition should be mentioned in the annual report as far, I think it has to be there in your website also. And should include at least one independent director. If you don't have an if there are only two, I know these questions will come. If there are only two directors, what you do? You come, you do it with the two directors. Only two directors will be the, be in the CSR committee. That's all. And should include one independent director. If, if the large, the companies act, doesn't necessitate that you should have an independent director. Your CSR committee can be without an independent director. That is one thing. Very clear. And 
you have to formulate the csr policy in line with schedule 7 schedule 7 i will be explaining later and also recommend the amount to be spent then you go above the board has to approve the policy display in its website and also report it then you come down again monitor and implementing is again the part of the csr committee and again you go up ensure that the recommended activities are undertaken and reporting everything is reporting everything goes to the board not to the csr committee so and one more, the csr is committee is part of the board so the entire thing is the board has to do it nobody else is held responsible for this nobody down the line is responsible only the, the board members are responsible for this now just of schedule 7 schedule 7 gives you what are the activities that you can do under csr this is available in the net i have not given the entire explanation i have just taken a gist of all these things right up to covid 19 the latest amendment everything is there you can everything is all the points you can take and you can see the last but one line can be interpreted liberally supposing what activity which you are doing doesn't come under these schedule 7 you can interpret liberally understanding fully well the intent of the law what is the intent of the law to give back to the society so you keep the law in mind the intent of law in mind and you can interpret it accordingly it will be accepted one thing is missing here and a direct reference agriculture i don't know how they missed it out and one more thing i told you these sdgs are from 2000 on onwards 2015 onwards between 2000 and 2015 we had the mdgs so when the csr law came into place it was all based on the mdgs not on the sdgs the number of goals are much lesser in the mdgs and they most of the MDG, mdgs are fully covered whereas sdgs uh, sdg2 also inculcates uh, sustainable agriculture under uh, hunger so that has not been that does not reflect anywhere over here so it is time that the government takes effort in trying to add add agriculture into this and finally there is a link over there if you click it can you do it there excuse me can you click the link over there bottom lower link irukla anybody or i have to do it here if you can do it illa in the link click panna mudiyuma ange adach network link see that link will give you all the updates in schedule 7 whatever is happening from the ministry of corporate affairs audio audio file da control da yes or leave it put it put it put it can you see this this is from, this is in the ministry of corporates website corporate of uh, corporate affairs website 
you can go to it and keep updating yourself on the i don't know it may not be very clear for people at the back but you know where the link is and this is what can you come back i'm just telling you where to find what rather than trying to explain each and everything now the sdg see either you why this comes here is this is schedule 7 what what are all the activities over there to interpret liberally you can use the sdgs what is this vnr what is the decade of action state district sdg cells all these things will be explained by madam she will take care as far as the last line you see the mdgs were based on international agencies and the governments all the government schemes are aimed towards the sdgs recently with the sdgs they have added the business also into it previously it was only international agencies and governments but now the business has come into it supposing you don't spend it how many corporates are here anybody from the corporate side very few okay this is an important uh, change which they have come across the implementing agencies also should know what is happening to the unspent amount first you have to explain why you have not spent then see the general reason is we are not able to find a good implementing agency we are not able to find a good project we don't know where to go that is the regular thing which happens now if there is no ongoing project so see a project can be for one year two years three years if there is so naturally the test be money has to be give, spread over three years so you once you uh, get the project on paper you allocate the money what happens they they can keep it in a they if there is no they can keep i'll go to the second point the transfer the amount to a csr account unspent csr account for that particular year every year you may have to start a separate unspent csr account or if you are having it in the same account you will have to do the partitioning properly for each year now if there is no ongoing project it has to be specified to the sorry it has to be transferred to the specified funds within 6 months you just note all the timeline timelines are very critical for corporates and there are no ongoing there are ongoing projects transfer it to a separate account and spend it over the next 3 years in spite of that you are not able to spend it after 3 years you have to send it to the funds specified funds when by transferring to the specified funds means you are just writing a check to that particular government fund and giving it to the government and the recent amendment is excess spend supposing you do more than 2% this is a very i mean this uh, september this is coming to play excess spend can be adjusted in succeeding years all these questions were there now the specified funds everything is there prime minister's national relief fund the fund set up by the, the more detail you can find it in schedule 7 right up to pm cares fund these are the excess funds the recent amendments in this this is on uh, september 28 it has come into action 
companies which have a spending obligation not exceeding 50 lakhs need not constitute a CSR committee, bringing down the burden of such companies, unnecessarily creating a CSR committee, so the board itself can handle CSR directly. Second one is a very important one. Previously, last May, May 2019, there was one amendment which came into force which brought in criminal charges leading to arrest of those people who are not doing the CSR activity. See, all the corporates were up in arms and it was kept in abeyance. This year they have cleared it very, made it very clear as you can transfer it like the what I told you previously, you can transmit amount can be transferred and all, the, but the penalties are there, very huge penalties are there, you can read it. I don't want to keep reading what is there on the screen. And the third one is where companies, this is what I told you in the previous uh, slide, the excess amount can be adjusted in the forthcoming years. This is what is happening. Now the important terms in CSR for implementing agencies, some are students, most of you are from the implementing agencies side. Beneficiaries are the basics. That is one thing. You have to do a baseline study, need assessment, project proposal, convergence in the sense how your activities are going to converge with the social intervention of the government. You try to always converge with the government activities. You should add value to it. Shared value is with amongst the between the corporate, within the corporate, shared value and with the share, with the stakeholders. And the implementation has to be proper, monitoring. These are just terms which I have put over there. Each one you can talk about one hour on each of these terms. So these are the words that you have to be thorough with. And every project has to have an exit strategy. Bear it in mind. You cannot be running behind that project throughout the year. Supposing you are doing some work in a village, you cannot go live in that village permanently. You should, you should have good beneficiaries. These things I will come later again. In another slide, I will be talking about this. So exit strategy is very, very important for any project. Don't try to cling on to one area and keep doing that. You try to spread your wings elsewhere. And sustainability of the project. I think Mr. Ranganathan touched upon it. And later, over tea also he was telling, they did, they did uh, uh, through CAA, they did uh, a lake restoration. After some time, everything went to dogs. Unless the beneficiaries are there, it should be somebody's baby. Don't do a project. If you don't have good beneficiaries, please don't do a project. Somebody to sustain the project. Be careful. If you At one stage, these are going to become very, very mandatory. From the government point of view itself. Any project, the beneficiary should be, a beneficiary group should be identified and they should be put in place. Sustainability is what I have told you. And the government's aspect is replicate and scale up. Supposing government is happy with the way things are happening in the CSR, whatever interventions you have done, government has the capacity to scale it up, replicate and scale it up. That is the government's activity. Or you yourself see some other NGO doing a job, it's a good job, you can replicate it and scale up and do it. Nothing wrong. Adapting somebody else's deeds is nothing wrong in life. Now what is not CSR? Implementing agencies should be thorough with this. That which is not rupee measurable. You cannot say, so many people have worked on this, so many man hours, man hours have been spent, 
and so this is our CSR. Our employees have participated, 50 employees have participated, that doesn't mean CSR. You will have to give value for whatever is done. It has to benefit the poor and backward. See, activities that benefit only the employees of the companies and the families, it is never CSR. But recent amendment of the rules has come, it has not yet been, because of COVID, it was last May it came out, the rules are being amended, where 25% of the employees can be benefited out of a project. That is coming in, so once it comes in, we will notify you. If it is part of the core business of the company, no. Marathons, awards, charitable contributions, advertisements, sponsorship, none of these. You take a school and you are going to give just scholarship, it is not CSR, bear it in mind. I am going to give scholarship to 50 students, it is not CSR. It is a one-time philanthropy donation. Be careful, it will not be considered as CSR. And everything has to be in a project mode. If you are doing a CSR project, you should have a starting date, ending date. Ending date is where you call exit strategy. You get out of the project, that is the end date. You cannot be sitting over it. And contribution, of course the political party contributions don't account for CSR. Parties are eligible to take money from the corporates, but you cannot cover it under CSR. Bottlenecks in CSR. Weak implementing agencies. There are thousands of NGOs registered with the government, not registered with the government, whatever it is. Very poor track record they have. They don't know what is compliance and their capacity is very low. See, they would be doing only about 10 lakhs per annum. They will try to pitch in for a project which is 1 crore. That is what capacity is most important. The most of, lot of NGOs have this problem. Identification of project, I told you the location, the beneficiaries and the exit strategy, this has to come with the projects. Getting government approvals. Now, if you are going to do in a particular school, you want to go to do, a, do it in a government aided school, you have to get the permission of the CEO, Chief Educational Officer of that area. If not, you are not allowed into the campus. Previously, they were allowing freely, but after certain issues, incidents, they have stopped it also. They don't allow you to go into the school. Similarly, if you want to do a tank desilting, you have to go to the DRDA or the district collectorate and get the approval. Without that, you cannot do it. And in CSR, the sector-wise and geographical inequity, huge inequity is there. I will be showing some slides figures on that. Quite interesting. Transparency in availability of the funds. None of the corporate is ready to put it on its website that this is my CSR budget for this year. This is what I have spent. Now this is my CSR policy. I am ready to consider any NGO who comes for the, under this category. I am ready to entertain you. Please the transparency is never there. None of the corporates give you that. And of course the trust deficit. Trust deficit between the corporate and the implementing agency, between the implementing agency and the beneficiary, 
everywhere between the corporate and the beneficiary ivan edhukku inge vandu seiranga enga oorla edha aadayam irukka indha corporate edhukku varranga why is this ngo coming how much money is he making that is how the beneficiary things and the ngo is not happy with the corporate definitely when they are giving you money they are going to scrutinize you bear, please bear it in mind you once you get the money you are liable as an ngo till you get the money you are scouting for money once you get the money that is where your liability begins your responsibility begins the relevant sections in the income tax act also have to be read by all the ngos you can never say i don't know sir ignorance is not accepted in under any law please be thorough with the it aspect also so the trust deficit is very very common and unless you overcome that it's going to be very difficult you might be a small ngo but people will trust you keep giving you money i know small ngos which are doing lot of work whereas large ngos they are sitting quiet because of the previous track record whatever the comments in the industry they are not getting money here traits of a good implementing agency should have been formed voluntarily and for a not for profit should be independent of government and politics religion caste should be really organized compliant more corporate like normally there's the one gentleman was from the csr la basket strategy dr basket strategy he talks about corporatization of ngos an ngo should be like a corporate you can no more try to say i am a single man person out that is not there for your csr activities only then you can work parallel with the corporates you should have a feeling of how the corporate sector works what are they ask i volunteer for an ngo in coimbatore called sirutuli for water body restoration since i am used to the csr field when we give a report to the corporates they immediately say okay no questions asked everything is there what is the project flow what is the what is the outcome of the project what is the impact of the project how are you going to monitor project how are you going to exit from the project everything should be there in the report the report writing is very very critical we still have certain ngos who say sir enak tamil dhan theriyum enak tamil eludhi kudunga na tamil eludhi kudunga ne enna panna poringa tamil eludhi kudunga i will transfer it into english and give don't worry we will translate if you need any help in all those aspects how your report writing you want it to be vetted sir just check it and give me whether it is right or not we are ready to do it and for information csr spark comes free for everything we are not charging any money to anybody right now it is more of a social i am mr shivakumar is there one of our patrons kindly shivakumar he is also helping me out in all those things so all our just go through our patron list also most of us are my engineering classmates or people who volunteer with me in the ngo that's all i have not brought in very big people over there so my engineering classmates and people who volunteer with me with the ngo and we have one chartered accountant for any help in that regard so so anything for the ngo for the implementing agency we are ready to help you out please do come to us and you can visit our you, unless you register in the website you will not be able to see certain details we'll also have a tracker who see this event also i have sent 
a mail to whoever has whoever has registered in the website i have sent a mail asking them to either view from their home itself or attend personally anybody who has registered in csr spark is here tamil nadu few of them are there but most of them yes vijay kumar is there now how will csr help the corporate sector it helps you in becoming a responsible corporate citizen stakeholder satisfaction that is the shared value all these you have it in mind when you are writing your project report as an ngo as an implementing agency you see how far you can help in all these things you need to know only the project you should know how to write the report also how you are helping in the shared value how are you helping them in increasing their brand reputation customer loyalty somebody is happy with your csr work you are doing over over and over again they will never go out of you your customers will be there your your staff will be very happy they will stick to you they are working in the company just not just for the salary but for their satisfaction otherwise individually they may not be able to do such and things because he will be living in the proximity he will tell you what are the requirements in the proximity he will be a brand ambassador for your company in that uh, society it is a very big uh, plus point for him then of course the shareholders the banks are happy the financial institutions over there the shareholders are happy they will give you more and more money as and when you keep asking for money more share more money you are getting money from the financial institutions risk mitigation your company get, can get closed down due to take a case of sterlet simple there see by engaging in csr in that area you are very close to the society any problem it will come first to you before they go in for an agitation or anything so risk mitigation a very important factor of course the resilience of the company is better and the sustainability of the company is better these are all for the corporates now we'll get it into figures all these i've taken from the website over there mentioned below please do visit this website it is the national csr portal all the details are there you get this uh, state the national level the state wise district wise everything if you are from the chennai you go click the chat i have take note the data and put it here see the total national spend till date has been till 1819 has been around 71000 crores it is not a small amount out of that chennai tamil nadu has got 3174 crores that is about 4.45% of that i am just reading the last line nothing else others you can read for yourself i have taken the total national spend total number of companies which are see gradually increasing over the years the spend has been increasing but for a dip in 1718 it has been gradually increasing and percentage spend in the sense the top 20 companies what percentage they are spending about 33 34% is they being done by the top 20 companies the national level if you are able to get csr funding from any one of these fellows then naturally you are going to sustain your activities throughout your lifetime you need real good talent to get into the top 20 companies do you want to know what are the top 20 companies go to this website click the top 20 companies this will drop down 
everything is available in open space and each company in your neighborhood you can go into the website each company in your neighborhood what are the activities they are giving money for what is their annual spend everything is there in the website everything is an open domain you need not go search for it this is the most important website if you want to, regarding csr and the government has facilitated this as far as tamil nadu you can see 4.45% of the national spend in on an overall basis now development sector wise which are the sectors getting more money every year generally there is a feeling that no sir there are government funds people simply write a check and give it to the government funds you see the percentage over there very low most of the corporates are doing csr on the ground so the opportunities for the implementing agencies are very large and you have to keep in tag with them keep moving with them under all these things again one more thing you see agriculture is nowhere over there probably if agriculture had been included and the corporates have been going into agriculture support this agitation could have been avoided i think the government should have taken the corporate sector help to help the agriculturists cold storage can be put up by agriculturists but you can put cold storage and bring it into any one of the schedule 7 activities or you can bring it into one of the sustainable development goals but it is not mentioned explicitly in the schedule 7 that is why people are not taking into agriculture activities that is one thing which is missing but all these data i have taken from the single site only and i have put it across now generally there is a feeling maharashtra is getting so much money tamil nadu is getting so much money i am not getting money the csr spend will be proportional to your state gdp you cannot expect to get more money than tamil nadu cannot expect to get more money than maharashtra you see their gdp 26.57 lakh crores there is tamil nadu 16.6 was the second largest economy naturally our outlay is proportionately may not be proportionately less now taking a percentage between these things i have just put it to create some interest nothing else you try see the last line national thing the total gdp is 193.91 crores only one year i have taken the next year could have been good could have been bad that is them but just for reference how to take this which is about 0.06% of the gdp comes in as csr funds maharashtra has been doing exceptionally well they are getting 0.11% tamil nadu is just on the border 0.05% where i marked in red these are not doing well it is time they improve get their act together and try to get the money out they are sleeping they don't have good implementing agencies or something is happening wrong over there it has to be done tamil nadu has got still a chance to go one step further reach at point not 6 of the national level you can bring it more now why i went into csr is i i retired from business everything and started volunteering at the ngo we couldn't get money from everywhere anywhere so is a csr owner ke why don't we try that only then i came to know about csr my 15000 crores annually is coming out why don't i get 100 crores for coimbatore maybe a few 5 crores for the ngo even that ngo which i work supposing we get 10 years in a 10 crores in a year 
we cannot manage it it's very difficult managing funds getting the work done giving the reporting you have to naturally build your capacity your staff wise everything so be careful where you put your foot so that is how i got into the csr did my uh, csr professional course got certified by ministry of corporate affairs and after that i thought you should not, should not keep quiet when i caught all of shivkumar and lot of my classmates why don't you start a portal like this so csr spark doesn't have a bank account even no registration nothing it is just a portal we come out to help you any time you feel free to write to us so this is the state of affairs you can improve on all these things up to 0.11% now how to get i told you what was csr and up to the previous slide it was how we are faring now what is the opportunity to improve who is to contribute to improve csr in our region the existing infrastructure we just discuss panchayat raj system how many people have heard of this gram sabha meetings having happening four times a year has anybody participated in a gram sabha meeting good at least one person one some of them have participated in gram sabha meetings this is the root for our democracy a gram, gram sabha meeting it is from where you get the requirement from the people of that community within that gram there are four gram sabha meetings all on holidays january 26 may 1st august 15th october 2nd very easy to remember these dates every quarter you have one gram sabha meeting happening then ngo darpan how many have registered with ngo darpan anybody who has registered with ngo darpan so far ngos one person how many are implementing agencies here ngos very few okay good so you have to register with ngo darpan ngo darpan is the interface between the ngos and the government departments if you want to see government spending is there for ngos through ngos they are trying to implement some social programs about 23 government departments are participating in this ngo darpan program once you register you take your unique identification number only then you are eligible to get those funds the third one is aspirational districts program which comes under madam also she is the one from it comes under nitsi ngo darpan comes under niti ayog aspirational district programs comes under niti ayog and the last one the state and district sdg cells they also come under niti ayog niti ayog they are the torch bearers for the sustainable development goals as far as the country is concerned and the aspirational districts 124 districts were selected throughout the country which are really backward and the government is putting special effort to bring up those districts out of that see total csr spend in the aspirational districts is 304.5 crores that itself is less as percentage of the national spend it is only 1.63% in the aspirational districts that has to be improved number of aspirational districts with zero spend government see this is where the correlation between csr and government does not exist the government wants to improve those districts but csr is not playing any part over there zero and with below 100 lakhs and between 100 and 500 lakhs only 11 districts have got more than 500 lakhs in tamil nadu we have two ramnadapuram and virudhunagar 
I don't know, Virudhanagar under what category they made it an aspiration district. I don't understand that. Even there you see, the Tamil Nadu spend is 8.823 crores, whereas Ramanadharam has got only 1.13 crores, only two companies participating there. CSR is practically nil over there. If CSR gets into it, the aspirational districts program also will get a thrust. That is one thing. Eras Virudhanagar, 7.93 crores with 17 companies participating. All these have to improve. So the existing infrastructure is the Panchayat Raj system, the NGO, Darpan and the SDG cells. Now, this is one slide. Every line of it we will read. Now, how to bring about a real change in improving the attainment of the SDGs through CSR? What will be the correlation? Again, I have gone back to the same figure. The beneficiaries are there, the corporates are there, the implementing agency is there, the district administration is there. Now, you start with the beneficiaries. First of all, as a responsible citizen of that particular village, you have to attend the Gram Sabhas. Unless you go there, you cannot make your voice heard. And Gram Sabhas, mind you, very powerful place. The district administration has to record everything and everything. So immediately, you are voicing your request to the government. Attend the Gram Sabhas. Implementing the implementing agencies, IAS I mentioned, implementing agencies to submit the proposal to the district CD, SDG cell. SDG cell is there in all the districts. So if this can be done, it, I'm just giving you a proposal, nothing else. If this can, so once then, then support the partnering corporates and implementing agencies. When they come to do the work in your village, go behind them, support them, give them enough strength. The beneficiary support over there. Participate in execution and monitoring. So this trust deficit will go. If you are participating in the executing and monitoring activities, naturally there will be zero trust deficit between the beneficiary and the implementing agency and the corporate. And you, it is your baby, you have to ensure sustainability as far as the beneficiary is concerned. The implementing agencies, you have to obtain a unique ID from NGO Darpan and mind you, declare which SDG you are working for. There are 17 goals. 17th goal is naturally when you are in CSR, it is partnership. So your other 16 goals, you have to say where you are working for. You tag your NGO with that particular SDG. Mr. Ranganath was also mentioning your activities should match the SDG. Tag it. Then you attend the Gramaswar meeting as an implementing agency. Get to know the people over there. Get to know what are all they required to submit. Then you have to submit the proposal to the SDG cell. Partner with the corporates. Implement, report and finally exit. Get out of the place. Don't be sticking there. That is one thing. Sec next you come to the corporates. Declare the SDGs your CSR policy is aimed at. You have a CSR policy. In the CSR policy below you label the SDGs. What are all the SDGs I am working for? So when the implementing agency sees your report, he is able to identify, I have got some work over here, I am going to work with this corporate. 
or when the corporate sees your implementing agency he is again ready i think i am delaying too much okay and uh, attend the camps of meetings optional identify the ias with proposals submitted to the stg cell partner of the income uh, implementing agency implement monitor report and exit get out this is what the corporates have to do the district administration has a huge work to do build capacity at the stg cell create online registration for corporates and ias then record reports from gram sabhas create database of projects so corporate wants yes you can come here select the project and implementing agency wants he can come there and select a project approve the partnerships grant permissions single window clearance for all the projects that is something match reporting the stg to the uh, the uh, reporting to the stg dashboard which he will explain reward good partnerships blacklist defaulters be very stern you go to ngo darpan site you can find out there is a mention of the blacklisted ngos be careful that your name doesn't come there that is something replicate and scale up that has to be done by the government this is the suggestion being given by csr spark and i hope certain things are taken up but i don't have the lobbying power to go and give it to the government hopefully when i get a chance i will try to do it till then we'll be going through it and any questions on this i will answer after the after madam takes over finishes off and of course this is all this has come from great father of the nation you have lot of money huge amount of money you have what is necessary for you is yours what is excess you are only a trustee for that money simple that is the meaning you have to give it to the people concerned so thank you very much for your patient hearing and i hope that once madam finishes i will start with the thank you thank you sir thanks a lot i think you have uh, very comprehensively comprehensively covered all the policies the sdgs and all that may now request um, dr sujatha uh, to come on to the stage please dr sujatha is a sdg associate government of tamil nadu honorary director karupa institute of development initiative uh, kidi she is a doctorate in economics from social emphasis on women's empowerment with special emphasis on uh, women empowerment until recently she has been working as a consultant with the state planning commission government of tamil nadu for preparing the 12th five year plan she worked with unicef mumbai and chennai as a consultant and she has several publications to her name in the social development field she is res- she has nearly 30 years of working in the development sector in corporate government and ngo sectors and community based organizations May I now request Dr. Sujatha to deliver a address on the theme a "Review of SDGs: The Decade of Action and Opportunities for Leveraging CSR Activities." thank you after uh, listening to uh, mr krishna swami i uh, find that uh, taking on sdgs is going to be a big challenge but uh, i think i will make this attempt to present sdgs for the corporate sector because uh, the corporates are working in a lot of sdgs as part of the csr and i think this is an opportunity for you to realign csr to sdgs 
and to know what is being done at the uh, national level, the state level on SDGs, and how you can partner with the government on uh, various other initiatives with the departments you are working with and with the, your area of expertise. So that is the thing. I have great uh, pleasure in um, uh, being here and uh, I thank the organizers for inviting me because uh, I have worked more with the corporate uh, sector than the government and uh, equally sometimes with both the government and thing. And uh, I was, um, you know, working with uh, TVS Electronics for their corporate social responsibility for quite a long, you know, more than 10, 11 years. So I understand the uh, CSR much better, uh, even though I am now presently engaged with the government for dealing with the SDGs, SDG Associate. So 2020 is supposed to set in the start of the decade of action, and uh, then Corona happened. So, you know, like... Uh, the decade starts off with a bad start, and uh, we are in a position that whatever has been achieved in the five years, now we are forced to push back some of the things. We are forced to look at different uh, way of aligning and working towards different partnerships so that we are able to reach a new normal, which is much more sustainable and better, and we leave us better off and leave us in a more sustainable solution to the whole thing. So uh, let me start my presentation. So uh, SDGs, CSR is a partnership for transformation. And uh, let me go ahead with uh, what we have been doing so far on SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. If you look at MDGs, the Millennium Development Goals that were happening before 2015-12 and around 14, the Millennium Development Goals were thing, it was mostly guided by the government. It was something for the governments to achieve. We really did not have much say in how to go about it and what we had to do. And you would see that all the goals were for government action. Whether they could have the infant mortality rate, whether they could uh, you know, bring the maternal mortality ratio to this level. And all those were mandates for the government. But now SDG is not like that. SDGs is requiring action from different players. So that in itself is a change from MDGs to thing. Government as a sole player has now taken a backseat, has involved the others into the action play, and we have even individual action contributing to the overall SDG uh, goals, uh, the acquiring of this. And basically, if you look at it, it's con uh, concentrated on the five Ps we look at, the people. The people are the different people who are involved, the communities, the local areas that we are working, those are all part of the pe people. The planet, 
It's a sustainable earth. The whole universe is part of this whole package of sustainable development goals. In prosperity. That's where our profits and how we would like to aspire for a better life. Our aspirations, all that come. And we expect that economic growth, the trajectory of prosperity moves and we, our country moves from this position to this position. Our GDP moves from this place to this place. Those are aspirational goals and we would like to be included that, we have included that in the SDGs and we would hope that the country achieves best move. We move from the developing nations to the developed nations. And Tamil Nadu has had set its benchmark at equally on par with the Southeast Asian countries. If you look at the Vision 2023 statement, this clearly says that Tamil Nadu will reach a target equivalent to the Southeast Asian Tigers. And also the human uh, development indicators, it will reach on par with the other developed countries. So that is the benchmark. It's starting for itself. The SDG allows you to set a benchmark for yourself. That's one particular uh, advantage. MDGs allowed and gave you targets. But here it allows you to look at improving your own indicators. What is there? What is at present there? How we can improve on it? Then when you look at prosperity, we look at peace. So it is not islands of excellence. It's not islands of excellence and islands of development. But peaceful coexistence with nature, with people. Don't you bridge the inequalities in such a way that the development is more inclusive, more equity-oriented equity and egalitarian in nature. Then partnerships. As I said earlier, this is not government alone doing it, but it is in combination with committed individuals, committed people to a cause. And also with the corporates who are willing to spend and with any other NGOs who are committed to a particular goal. So these are basically the MDGs and SDGs and the five Ps. So September 25th, 2015, these goals were adopted. And we would see that there's a partnership and a new sustainable development plan was evolved. We have 17 SDGs and we have associated 169 targets. Each goal has a target and which we are aspiring to achieve. Why should we do, why should we do see SDGs at all? Is, is it under our gambit? Why should we be part of this? We need to end poverty and hunger everywhere. We cannot have prosperity amidst, we not have an uh, iniquitous situation. So we need to end poverty and hunger everywhere. Build peaceful societies. That is part of the mandate of a peaceful planet, the earth. The protect human rights. We cannot allow for violation of human rights and promote gender equality. This is a critical component because as long as women are not part of the development mainstream, we would not, we are actually foregoing 50% of the potential to reach the, you know, increase in the GDP. Empowerment of women and girls, 
and ensure the lasting protection of the planet and its natural resources. We often find that as development happens, we lose a lot of our natural resources. The flora and fauna are becoming endangered and a great condition of sustainable economic growth. That is why we should do SDGs. And what is the agenda? What is the agenda for this? So it is from 2016 to 2030, and because nothing seemed to be happening in the four years, 2019, they said, from 2020, let's go on this spree and make it to a decade of action. Let everyone align to these goals and targets and indicators, and let's move forward. And then we had the 17 goals, 169 thing, and the 230 indicators. And basically, it says no one is to be left behind. This is a guiding principle of the SDGs. You don't leave anyone out. Not one particular section of the society has to be left out, whether it's the marginalized communities, the vulnerable tribal groups, or any, even if there are poor people with socioeconomically uh, thing, we do not leave them out. They are part of the development plan. We bring them into the fold. And they are universal in nature. And the five Ps, as I've been speaking about, the people, the planet, the prosperity, peace, and partnership. Everywhere there is a partnership. We are not at cross purposes. We work together. Whether the NGOs are there, the government is there, the corporates are there, we work together. See that the, ultimately we address the SDGs, the targets, and the indicators. So just to have a snapshot, what are the people, what are the goals addressing that? The first five, one, two, three, four, five. The six, seven, eight, nine, ten, as we go down, I'll be explaining what the, what the goals are mean. But if you look at it, all the 17 goals are distributed among these, the five Ps. So we would see that looking at these, attaining of these goals, we will have the sustainable development achieved that is more consonant, in consonance with the five Ps. So these are the 17 goals. The first, end poverty. Second, zero hunger. Good health and well-being, which is now the goal in action. With the pandemic on, everybody is looking at the goal three. But yet it has affected goal one. We feel that goal three is very important, but goal three has actually impacted goal one. We are finding more and more people out of jobs. We are finding people who are not able to sustain themselves. They have been migrants have returned to their home state. Industries have lost skilled labor because they have trained a lot of people, but due to the situation and for not able to manage during the lockdown, they have gone back. How do we retrain? These are issues that the industry and the corporate sector is facing now. And the fourth, the quality of education. Incidentally, there's one goal that was said to be achieved in 2020 that has to do with NEET, not the uh, medical examination, which is often a cause of protest. But this NEET is, says, not in education, employment, or training. We are supposed to reduce it as much as possible. Any person should either be in the education or in employment or in skin training. You cannot have people who are nowhere else. 
it is then better for the economy for the prosperity of the nation so we were supposed to eliminate by 2020 as per the sdg un mandate we have to supposed to eliminate and bring it to reduce it as much as possible but unfortunately due to corona this is actually not looking achievable not in education employment or training this is one critical engagement that the uh, countries were supposed to work on but now it has taken a back seat because of the pandemic then the fifth the gender equality when you speak about gender equality the representation in different bodies even in this meeting i see very few women here lot of women are missing unreported cases of violence under representation in various bodies do we make a constant and a conscious effort to include the women women always have an additional responsibility as a caregiver an unwritten code that women have to take care of the family manage the household and it is ent entirely up to the initiative and the entire you know people who have gone beyond their call to of them to come to the public space and work beyond their families for a public or a social cause we should be actually encouraging them because they are doing uh, carrying a triple burden double burden and i really do not know what are the roles they manage so the multitasking job of the women is actually taken for granted do we give women the space in and representation in different bodies say that this seat is reserved for a woman so that would make a lot of difference then sixth is clean water and sanitation water we are in a state actually it is water staffed state it's like we have every time the rains fail we are in a scarce situation we are always calling out we what will run out of water and you know like all the gory stories and i think we even had water being transported we had the water trains but every year we do have surplus amount of rains come but still we are not able to recharge water things what are we doing enough are we doing enough the sanitation component is another story we have created now toilets we have people uh, with having household toilets but still we find them going out in the open where is the behavior change thing we thinks we have given them toilets that means the thing is taken what is the behavior change communication is successful are we able to change a generation to stop using the open spaces for toil uh, as toilets that makes a difference and seventh the energy clean and green energy the energy is now more towards renewable sources of energy the solar the uh, wind and particularly in a state like tamil nadu we could harness lot of solar energy whether our energy requirements can be met the industries requirements the uh, community the local communities requirements could be met by the renewable sources of energy 
and what is it we could do for the state in terms of that and then the this is with regard to decent work and economic growth so most of you are working in the sector you are working the corporates work in creating jobs creating economic opportunities for people so are you creating inclusive are you able to include the differently abled those people those are the type of things you could have to look at when you look at the challenges remain there and then the next is the infrastructure industry and uh, uh, the um, infrastructure industry and innovation is a very critical thing innovation you most of you are very good in adopting technologies to suit your industries whether we could look for solutions for the community also in a similar way what you have adopted as an industry could be actually localize it sdgs is about localization what you as an industry have gained inside to you could localize to the local communities that are there out there you are in so located in between a community place in a community could we localize it that is one aspect we can look at then go on to reduce inequalities this reduce inequalities is as i've been saying this is very very critical you have people from the marginalized communities the differently able the uh, people with uh, different sexual preferences the lesbian the gay communities and how we are able to mainstream them whether we are pro providing employment opportunities for them and whether we can reduce the inequalities in them that would be part of the reduced inequalities and the 11th is sustainable cities and communities here is where your culture the cities thing and the tourism component and how clean you can maintain all those things are coming into play and you would be looking at your uh, system the corporate sector as a uh, microcosm of a large macrocosm of the city and how you the different uh, forces are interplaying and how you can improve upon the locality in which you are situated and then the next is the responsible consumption and production earlier it was sustainable then uh, they changed it over to responsible because it would be very difficult to define sustainable consumption or production but it we could say responsible because in that case we can look at maybe redu reduction of food waste having uh, you know maintaining our edu uh, you know uh, extended producer responsibilities managing waste liquid waste zero waste all those things could be brought in so it is more responsible production and consumption so running you know like um, uh, you know, having a an outlet where you pick up your uh, companies waste uh, you do recycling and uh, reuse of water and all within your campuses you have a eco friendly campus all those things are part of the uh, responsible consumption and consum uh, production the climate action i think many of the corporate sectors are working in this area particularly with regard to the mitigation and adaptation the afforestation programs because i think uh, we have a mandate nationally determined contribution mandate of having a 33% tree cover and we are still working to achieve it so there is definitely a lot of investment that seems to be going into climate action and uh, and also because of the fact that the cop which is the climate action platform came in much earlier than the 
a sustainable development goal platform. And many of the corporates have caught on to that and have been doing a lot of activities with regard to the uh, climate action. And you would find a lot of them are having, you know, earth hours and all those things which are uh, contributing the, to the, uh, the sustainability and the triple bottom line because of the fact that climate action was on a much earlier uh, mandate of the UN and uh, we are, the sustainable development platform started at a much later date. Then the 14th is life below water. This is the first time in the sustainability thing we have thought that the oceans, the water bodies, the rivers, all have to be taken care of. See, thing we took everything for granted. Whatever nature had to offer, we have taken for granted. But uh, only few of us, few of the activists have been speaking that uh, we have to take care. The resources of the nature are limited. We have to take care of all these things. But yet, this is yet to take on care of. So, life below water. So, how much of marine life is there? What are the different species? And more specifically, we have gone into the different species diversity. That is a very, very, uh, you know, like, uh, it is an indicator of the, uh, the propensity of the um, oceans to survive much longer than what is expected. Then, life on land. Same as I was saying about uh, thing. Why do we have separate goals for water, land? I think it is to make us realize that the land, the water, are all part of the things which we are taking for granted. Let us look at land. How much of land is left? And, uh, you know, like it could be cultivated, it could be just like that barren lands. Not taken, you know, reclaim those lands. We could reclaim, make it some, um, uh, you know, some source of value for it. So that sort of thing, looking, bringing them back into, you know, some uh, thing, we can prevent desertification is an important goal. Unless you have greens, uh, unless you have a green cover, we are in for a problem. So that would come under the life on land. It comes with the wildlife bi biodiversity. The flora, different flora and fauna that is are there in here. What is the genetic diversity of a thing? We seem to have forgotten some of the plants. The sparrow, if you know. You know, which was, we could remember in our old days that sparrow used to be a constant visitor to our house. But now do we see a sparrow? We now have a small group of people who are trying to t uh, trace where the sparrow is going and build houses for them so that they come and build their nests there. So that's, you know, we are moving the species out of our, the areas where they were inhabited. Can we learn peaceful coexistence with them? Can we give them a space and learn to coexist with the different biodiversity species. What are the, the people biodiversity registers being created? At the community level. What are the different species available? And how it is moving out with some of these uh, new plants and things we keep and bringing it in. Invasive species are there. But what the local species are there? How we can protect those species? This is a very important areas where the, uh, the uh, SDGs try to focus on. Then the 16 is the peace, justice and strong institutions. Then under the strong institutions, we have the government, we have all the different bodies. But most importantly, under strong institutions, you have the local governments. 
the Panchayati Raj institutions. As he was mentioning earlier, the uh, Gram Sabhas is where you would actually have people vocalizing their actual need. You would not find that they will be asking for the moon, you give me so much of money. Their needs will be actually very, very minimal and as per what they can do for their thing. So those sort of things, if you can work with the community at the local level, then a strong institutional partnership, the next 17th part, where you are able to actually build a good partnership is established. For the goals to be reached, everyone needs to do their part. So all of us are there, so let's work on it. So the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable builds on the million annual, but they are different. If you look at the process, it is different. In three years to evolve the 17 goals, there was a participatory pro process there. There were people who were engaged, the civil society organizations were there, the NGOs were there, the UN agencies were there, the corporates were there, big, huge multinational corporations were there, and who worked on defining these goals and coming up with it. They had working groups. And based on that, they came with this agenda. So the entire process itself is a participatory process. The evolution is a participatory process. The structure, that is different. And then the scope, they differ in the scope too. And you find that they, it has a broad scope. It allows for redefining, tweaking in such a way so that you are able to define it for your own state in a separate way. See, if you find that the national uh, indicative framework also is different and slightly every state has tweaked it to their own uh, interests. So, I'm just going into some of the targets that we sought to achieve by 2020. And as, as I said that many of these targets would be very, very difficult to achieve. And there are 12 biodiversity related targets which have really gone for a toss because of the fact pollution due to COVID-related things has definitely gone up, endangering a lot of lives. And some other related, seven related goals, so all these have to be achieved by 2020, and now it has, it has been set back. There has been a setback. Why should India be part of this SDG thing? Should we actually have signed it? We have signed the document saying that we'll be part of this process. Why should we have signed it? Because we are the seventh largest country. If we don't do it, the, the world doesn't achieve it. We are the seventh largest country, we have to do it. And second most populous country. After China, we are there. We have to work on it. So nearly a third of the world's population is in below poverty line and it belongs to us. So if it has to be a more equal and a more sustainable planet, we definitely need to go and chronic malnutrition is still having it. And you will be surprised that Tamil Nadu, which started the midday meal scheme with the nutrition, we are still having problems in certain pockets, not able to achieve. Something basically that is not working towards the addressing this issue still continues. Child marriage. Under 18 marriages are still happening. 
One third of the marriages that happen in the world are happening in India. And it's still happening in Tamil Nadu too, in certain pockets. Not as if Tamil Nadu is developed enough and we don't have it here. We are having. And even during the COVID time, you would be surprised that we were had calls from people saying that such and such a child is getting married. Would you come and stop it? So because it was a COVID time, we were able to intervene because of the lockdown. But otherwise, they would have escaped. We would not have been able to. So it would have been gone unnoticed. Because it was lockdown, because it was a COVID period, it was more visible to everybody around. That this is child marriage, this child is getting married. She was only 17. And many often you find that when the child marriage takes place, it would be actually because say nobody else to take care of the girl. So in spite of so many systems available at the community level, at the thing, we would still find that getting a child married, getting a girl married is the best security one can offer. Tamil Nadu as a, as a state has taken a lot of initiatives to see that girls complete up to 12th standard. A lot of girls are there who have complete up to high school education. But still we have children who either drop out before 10th or thing, who are married off early. Both the pull and push factors account for rather than keeping the girl child at home, it will be better to get her married off. Open defecation is 50%. Luckily with Swachh Bharat mission, we have tried to make a dent on this. But again, as I said, this is a matter of debate whether we have been able to sustain it the behavior change communication has happened. And whether there is a continuous building to, into this to ensure that you don't have lapses from the thing. The maternal deaths. So maternal deaths, I think Tamil Nadu, we can uh, say that we have been able to, because of the public health system in Tamil Nadu, been able to address the maternal and child. And we have already achieved, as far as infant mortality rate, our target what uh, is said for the, at the national level, not for us, we are working. And we are aspiring for a much better global target. So, and the maternal uh, deaths, maternal mortality ratio also we will be, uh, think. Tamil Nadu has invested a lot in the social sector development. So I think these are something in which we would vary as a state from the other states, that these are still persistent. So now we look at these finer intricacies of the SDGs. The Sustainable Development Goals are 17. They are the ultimate ambition, what where we want to be. And the target, under it there is a target. You have targets, you say that we have to reach these goals, you have to do all these things. And then these are the indicators. And indicators will help you measure how far you are towards the target. Say by 2030, I will reach this target if I say, how far am I to reach that target? This is where as morning, uh, Mr. Ranganathan was saying, we should be pegging our thing, our indicators, our outcome should be pegged to these indicators. So any CSR spent, if we are pegging to these already available indicators, we know that your contribution is going to the overall national development, the state's development. 
and this is very very critical so your outcomes should be pegged to these already available indicators and how the society could and what has been declared by the state as a state indicator framework and that if you are able to align it will make lot of sense in your csr spend so 15 years it was given to us 10 over 11 over in fact so 17 goals 169 targets by 2030 and uh, we have to ensure that no one is left behind and we this a global chain it is not one person two person we protect the planet this is three components the social the economic and the environmental component will be looking into it and uh, india has 306 indicators for the 17 goals we have 314 our state feels that we need some more indicators we have brought in more indicators what is it in sdgs that was not there in mdgs it is this flexibility to include more and see that your state or your country can develop more you can take or leave some of the indicators but we have taken on quite some more to ensure more for the state so how was these how are these uh, indicators so 17 goals how are these indicators you will find that 70% is not by household surveys and are uh, actually implementation the government implements various programs and all this so it is by when you are aligning to the overall implementation strategies then you would find that this indicators would be going up so this is more critical in terms of your csr spend so each goal you just to uh, give an idea how it goes about goal 1 if it is has target 1 target 1.2 1.1 will have two indicators or three indicators 1.2 will have one it is how that is made the entire uh, i'm saying just uh, this is i've given with reference to one goal but it is how the entire goal of the for the 17 goals it has it goes to, like that so overall if you are progressing on certain goals you can actually monitor it on a dashboard and the state has a dashboard it is there available in the website niti aayog has a dashboard in which you can see the country's performance the un has a dashboard where we can see the country's performance what is mosp mosp is the ministry of statistics and uh, program implementation this is the primary data point for us who monitors our indicators where the implementation scheme which state is doing better which is the uh, which indicator we are progressing which we are regressing which are not making any change all those needs to be monitored and anything that doesn't get monitored never gets done that i think we have to accept it you don't need a monitoring body to it but we definitely need monitoring to see how that the uh, indicators whether we are achieving it whether we are getting it done so this is the sdg focal point is mostly the ministry of statistics and program implementation is the data focal point see the data is the official data agency and every year it prefers the national indicator performance of the national indicators where they are moving from x to y and y to z that is what the every year we have reports coming out from them what does niti aayog the premier institution which is supposed to bring the transformation 
we had niti aayog brought into thing because we are supposed to bring the transformation of india and it is a nodal institution we have think tanks on particular aspects where there is different agencies coming together we have people who are academic expert who are field level experts coming and discussing issues they have brainstorming sessions and based on that they prepare status paper and that is circulated to the ministries for them to devise strategies plans for action and this is where i think as part of a enlightened group of people who are capable of working in your area of expertise you could actually contribute either to the niti aayog or to the state you know like uh, having certain goal take up certain goals to say uh, form certain committees work and have a status plan or as an action plan how this can be improved from this place to this place the government would actually benefit a lot from when it can be having an implementable solutions taking in account taking into account what is there in the ground ground reality and from moving from x to y what is the trajectory of growth that has to be thing what would be the investments required what would what the state can give what the private can give what can be got these are things some of the things that can be done as a joint action plan so every year we have the sdg india index swing thing we have one sdg base index we had sdg 1 and then sdg 2 has come in 2019 we are expecting sdg 3 to come in, uh, uh, in december the end of december they normally release and i think they will be on time release the sdg 3 index will be thing so what's the state strategy if you look at this we have a outcome based monitoring we are doing an outcome based monitoring we are identified we have identified different departments who are working on different goals we have mapped their schemes but we do have low performing indicators we have put in place certain people who are looking at how to improve these things so various things schemes have been put thing and we have uh, the development agenda is uh, we are looking starting to look at sdgs much more sdgs in a much more serious way and schemes are now being tagged to the scheme performance is being tagged to the sdg indicator performance so this is what is happening as far as tamil nadu is concerned and uh, if you look at the rank with uh, this the sdg previous thing we are doing quite well and uh, you would find that uh, i think we are in the third position with andhra tamil nadu and telangana and uh, these were the indicators that were used 68 of the uh, indicators thing and modified national indicators and then from the ministries these were the indicators with which we were assessed so it is not comparable you cannot compare sdg 1 performance with the sdg 2 because these indicators keep changing and uh, then it would not be uh, possible for us to go compare these indicators say in sdg 1 we were this sdg 2 because they were u- they are using a different set of indicators and uh, new indicators are being brought into the fold so non comparable but definitely it gives you a relative position with others states that is uh, what we are likely to wanting to know that where we are placed when compared to the other states and uh, that way if you look at it the sdg index thus take into account now going on to the thing i've taken the un uh, posters and uh, try to explain how this particular uh, thing 
is no poverty is eliminate poverty in all end poverty in all its form is what the sdg thinks and uh, what can we do that corporates can do is actually encourage local enterprises there are many local enterprises even sdg products are there they are having they lack technology in branding which corporates are very good in branding their products and thing but sgs are manufacturing the thing but they are not able to come up to the quality standards they may require some basic training they may require some hand holding support to see what can be done to place their product improve their product and improve their market share and or to get a sustained income from that thing many enterprises are not able to sustain themselves because of lack of standardization you could help them with that is much more acute for them in the sense they will be pushed to you know uh, to the border of their limits whereas we can actually do a much things it's like we also grow you also grow with us that sort of concept fostering a relationship with the local enterprises and particularly in areas when you have marginalized communities the tribal groups the scst communities there in a large proportion whether we can actually extend the uh, differently abled people maybe the single headed uh, female headed households a single um, you know uh, families with single uh, old age women there who are still working how we can extend support or do something like that then going on to the next the zero hunger zero hunger is what the agriculture sector the our agriculture productivity is all the farmers now are on a big rampage now we the food security is at stake food security is not zero for hunger is not only food security it is also nutritional security we are looking at a chronic malnutrition and also a two extremes we have people uh, children who are obese we have children who are undernourished coexisting in the same thing how do we address it these are two extremes uh, you know ends of a spectrum and uh, any one policy is not going to address both these things so what is a diet pattern what is a uh, nutritional uh, requirements i have seen in many schools in the rural areas children do not have a breakfast when they come to school it's not one case two case i've done quite a stint of uh, you know training with uh, girl children and they all tell me that uh, i had only tea i did not have anything i last meal was at 8 o'clock the previous night just imagine a child or a growing adolescent going without food for more than 12 hours so that's and she is likely to graduate into a young mother probably uh, given the economic situation she may be married off by the time she finishes 12 18 years 19 years then what do we expect of our young mothers health health of the nation is being has to be addressed and hunger these are chronic hidden hunger due to the nutrient then we do not have enough nutrition for our growing population is that is being addressed how can we ensure that this government is looking at a policy of uh, the government of uh, Pondicherry has a uh, policy where they uh, they have extended the midday meals to the breakfast also now. So um, Tamil Nadu is also may come up with one such policy in the near future, because many of the times you find that 
this is a very serious situation to contend with. There is also, you, sign, you find one area where you don't have food for eating and then people go hungry, where you find another spectrum where people keep wasting food. You know, you, you just, you don't eat food cooked yesterday, you just waste. This is a situation we see in a lot of urban areas. Cities in Mexico have come up with solutions like they're putting, uh, even in, uh, in Chennai also I heard, they put whatever is left over in a fridge outside. Anybody can take it. They don't have to pay anything. But some hungry person is going to take. Those sort of initiatives, local initiatives, which would actually bring. You don't have to have a, a systematic policy. But these are some things which can think of. Like having a running a food bank, a grain bank in a particular uh, area. And also... You could have, like he was mentioning here, storage facilities, cold storage facilities, the uh, warehouses. All those things could be done at the panchayat level. If you are there in that area, the panchayat is you are adjoining here. You could actually saying that instead of a farmer selling it at a low price, you could offer, uh, you know, a warehouse. You could build it out of your thing and uh, offer him to in a, in a sustainable model. How to run it? You can uh, give it to a farmer's enterprise group to run this. The supporting farm, uh, farmer producer organization is, could be, is part of CSR. And uh, then going on to the goal three, I think a lot of activities have now gone this particular year, good health and well-being. And uh, we find that what is now not done is particularly on the issue of mental health. We are still finding that there are a lot of people who are requiring support in terms of emotional and psychological support. There's a mental distress, a lot of uh, things, inability to cope and deal with stress. And that is having a negative impact. We find that suicide rates are going up. This is reflected in that. It may not come a figure in the school, but definitely this has an impact on even the productivity. And also alcoholism, drug abuse, these are all part of this. So this goal, it does not look into, if you're not able to address on the local community and the people, your you know, the whole entire value chain, if those people who you're not, do not offer any programs or uh, sustained uh, solutions to this, you would definitely have a problem in terms of sustainability. So that needs to be done. And uh, as, as we are going on the development path, we find that the uh, mental health needs more focus, not as labeling and uh, a thing, but we actually have to look at it. Then the quality of education, we have uh, said that now uh, MMA is also taking up some activities, I think, to do things. But one thing I would like to point out at this point of time, because of COVID, the education has actually had a tremendous, of the, I would say that the four quality of education is what has taken a terrible hit compared to any other goal. Say, I would say that this has taken a very, the entire one generation of, uh, you know, people who are either trying to graduate or trying to go move to the uh, exams, they're all finding it very difficult to move to the digital platform, finding learning becoming very, very stressful. 
inability to handle and all that. We say that it is easy and the, there has become a digital divide between those who are having uh, you know, laptops, mobiles to connect and those who do not have. And uh, that is more uh, visible at the, uh, you know, like uh, education at uh, the uh, corporation schools and all those schools where this is, is trying to be a very uh, great challenge. And um, many of the students are not able to relate. And you find that girls are particularly affected. When you have two mobiles, one uh, the parent is using for her, his or her work, and the one will go normally to the boy and not the girl. So that happens, and we are seeing it in the field happening. How to address it? That actually we need partnerships. There has to be some sort where we can bridge this digital divide and the quality of education can be improved. So gender equality, as I spoke earlier, the representation and all that has to be, this has to be looked at. And can we can improve the training of women at the grassroots, give some support to the local SSG movement there. All this can be done. So I had also mentioned this uh, earlier when I was introducing the uh, the reduce, recycle, reuse, and recharge. Particularly important now that we recharge our water bodies, the uh, water, uh, you know, the groundwater in the area affordable and clean energy. We create our own systems of renewable energy sources. We're able to tap into the renewable energy sources, whether we can have, uh, you know, localized energy generation and tap into the grid, you know, uh, whatever is excess, we can be, um, you know, allowed to uh, taken into the grid. So decent work and economic growth. We have discussed it quite, uh, thing. the industry innovation and infrastructure supporting infrastructure in village roads, which may need some development, we could invest in that, and that too with the cooperation of the, uh, with the governments. So reduce inequalities, it could be with the support of the governments, and how the uh, marginalized communities, the marginalized people from differently able, the uh, you know, learned people with learning disabilities could be mainstream, could be part of this agenda. The sustainable cities and uh, thing, the solid liquid waste management rules, regulations, how as corporates we can uh, encourage communities nearby to also abide by this and uh, also to provide support and uh, for green and affordable transport too. And this is what I was mentioning, we have food wastage, how we can handle this, this can be done and uh, this could be also looked at from a different and this climate action is, as I mentioned earlier, climate action is one of the uh, primary areas where corporates were earlier working on, and we have worked, um, but a lot more has to be done. It's not as we have reached the uh, level uh, required. We still have to invest more, and we have to look at reducing emissions, reducing, uh, you know, have more mitigation and adaptation uh, technologies and uh, things, so that the uh, climate uh, thing, we are able to, uh, reduce our carbon footprint. The life below water, water stressed, water starved state. So we have various programs at the state level, at the national level, where we can co-opt and work together with the government to you know, restore and recharge and keep our water bodies uh, safe. So this is the with regard to the People's Biodiversity Register, what is the 
you know endangered species the species in the available that are there in the area where you live and how you can promote you know safe saving those endangered species could be part of then looking at the particular things uh, the uh, state uh, 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 tree is the palm tree so how many palm trees do you see if you look at it so some we have a state uh, uh, tree declared uh, tree this is a palm tree how many of us plant palm trees so those are the, you know we have the very few areas have thing and across the if you look at the uh, mangroves and all those things have actually uh, they were supposed to be along along the adyar and kuwam we were supposed to have smaller uh, you know variety of mangroves to be present here but we still think that this is only the pichavaram area we had the mangroves but there were because madras became uh, urbanized much earlier than other areas we have lost lot of it much earlier than the others so those are some of the things we can actually do there's uh, some program that is going going on which is trying to uh, revive the um, you know river restoration the chennai river restoration trust which is trying to revive the uh, waterways of thing chennai uh, adyar uh, kuwam and all that so peace and justice strong institutions we would actually uh, look at how the uh, different things and this is particularly this particular goals also looks at crimes against children how we look at our children the um, uh, aspect of the internet cyber crime that is increasing how we can uh, find solutions to help out and reach out to uh, children in this particular thing and uh, concerned with your basic identity and proofs and all those things the internet connect is part of this goal how your tele density and ict communication all this is part of this goal and uh, most importantly the last goal which i think is the most important goal because it actually connects all the goals and you create partnerships and you are not working in silos we create partnerships so that we work together towards a common goal of these things this is stg 17 is the all these 17 goals are is a to to do list for the planet and uh, united nations has said this now coming back to what this is from sir that many of these are actually can be linked up if after looking at this you can probably see which goal do they fit in i think uh, all of you are quite uh, you know uh, you know have looked, uh, looked at the uh, goals quite seriously will be able to relate are they related or not so can we have an sdg and csr connect yes that i think is ultimately the objective of this whole uh, meeting and uh, because these are part of a, the already existing mandate for csr spend and sdg is something that has come out new that is aligned with the un goals and the national goals the state goals and achieve what this at the this is at the u i'm speaking about the un level now look at the grassroots level where your the localities where your the gram panchayat development people's plan there's a huge plan that is the government of india is promoting where you are part he said attend the gram sabhas where you are local where you are based this actually will help you are part of the uh, framing of the policies you could uh, what you want to happen see the change be part of that change if you want the locality where you are located to change be part of that so in good be part of the resource planning 
whether there is a resource crunch in that particular panchayat, we can fill it up. That can be happen. That provisioning is there in the gram panchayat development plans. We could align ourselves there and the localities where you are located. Please look for these, and these Gram Sabhas are excellent, excellent bodies, and you could invest in seeing the change and being part of the change in that area. So, just to mind up, this is where we stand, and I think, except for a few reds, I think we are doing quite well in Tamil Nadu, and gender equality, as I said, is a point of thing. We take a lot of things to for granted when it comes to women uh, gender equality a finance minister uh, defense minister being a woman does not mean that women are empowered we still have a long way to go so i think we have to work on it uh, quite seriously and uh, that is what i would like to say and uh, we need to hold on to this concept work towards it and we are all in this together. We cannot make it or do it alone. And each goal is important in itself. And they are all connected. And that is what we have to do. And uh, I'm the reason I'm here is I think that even a committed group of people can make the change happen. And uh, I think uh, now this would be a start point for a long journey together of SDGs and CSR. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sujata and Mr. Krishnaswamy. May I request both of you to take the please on the dais, please. We have some we have some time for a few quick questions. So, ladies and gentlemen, both of them you have seen have been so very professional in their approach, and they you know there is a lot to talk about on the subject, and I think they have did their best given the time constraints. So, we have a lot of questions coming up. Let us see how many we will be able to take. Maybe we will. Uh, combine a few and take them together. Uh, we've got some questions on the uh, you know internet as well. So let me start with a question that has come from a, a student, possibly on the internet, and uh, this is I think uh, directly to Dr. Sujata because she actually mentioned something about the food wastage. There is a, a Mamta Jain from one of the colleges in Vizag. She is asked, ma'am, my question is. Where can we report food wastage, particularly in events like Tomatino Festival? And I tried to stop this through Twitter, but failed. I mean, where does she report uh, so that, you know, these kind of events can be stopped? She's talked about this Tomatino Festival. I think it is something which happens in Italy. She possibly talks about that. But I think uh, the hmm. concept is not of reporting and uh, waiting for someone to take action. I think uh, it's, we, it has to become much more than that. You don't need someone to police such action. But we could actually offer, you know, saying that if there are food wastages, can we look at, you know, probably spaces where we can donate food. Now, many of the conscious people are actually, in case a marriage uh, is being fixed and we have leftovers, we go and give to the nearest orphanage. We have links with that. We are doing it to a certain extent. But yes, we need to actually have some institutional mechanism probably. Say that you have so much of food. Think 10 people food is there. You please give like that uh, some setup uh, where we could actually connect and give it so instead of making it a policing and a reporting and you know taking legal action i think that normally doesn't work in the long run i uh, even though uh, you know i expect laws to uh, uh, define and govern i think it is more of participating you are understanding that the amount of food 
i uh, waste would be eating tatas i incidentally you would have heard how tatas uh, reduce in their canteens the food wastage by saying that take only what how much you uh, are able to eat nothing more and uh, i think uh, they were able to achieve it uh, and move towards zero wastage i think it is a matter of uh, 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 speaking that you are depriving so much of food by putting it in uh, of so many poor people that will make a positive impact rather than a punishing Good. attitude i think yeah got it ma'am thank you so as of now uh, we have about uh, 780 uh, people watching this program live on uh, you know various social media channels thanks to them uh, and also we have sent you the questionnaire today which uh, group can vijay kumar uh, in his uh, uh, morning address talked about a set of questions uh, pertaining to the sdgs and we'll request all of you to send in the responses there there's a very set of easy questions we'll request you to do it today itself so that we can get the responses and we'll take it forward sir yeah okay we've given you time till end of this month but preferably as quickly as possible next question go to mr uh, krishna swami so there are many organizations in chennai itself which are very good in csr policy of uh, one organization uh, mr venkatesh has an as uh, named is sundaram fastness so will esg compliance not improve csr that's his question pardon e- esg compliance esg compliance uh, will it improve the csr esg compliance will definitely improve csr esg is nothing but environment social governance so there are companies which follow this policy of esg and recently i think kotak mahindra has come out with the esg bonds also something like that so esg compliance will definitely improve csr straight away right sir thank you, thank you. we take that and uh, one co- one question from mr ramesh so we are a service organization see that is where you are should be smart enough to choose your indicators which indicator you are going to measure my god as far as the student when he comes in what are the indicators you are going to measure at when he comes in and when the program is over or you can even measure those indicators in between Okay. the benchmarks which you set up is only important it is your choice okay. and ultimately your final indicator that is where you map the indicators with the student and the progress you can study gradually okay. if it is a 3 year program also you give the corporate who is funding you agrees it is enough that you give the final impact after 4 years that is it is between you and the corporate who is funding you okay so the indicator i can say only it's only the education means like you know they are continuing their education or they complete the education or i can say like indicator is their employment no no indicator in the sense the person who see for a water body i will tell you because i am used to it i will tell you i am desilting a water body what is the outcome outcome is i am increasing the capacity of the water body okay okay and what is my impact the nearby borewells the water water level should come up so naturally the indicator is the level of the borewells in the surrounding areas in your student in your relevant field whichever you are working you think about the targets you think about the indicators you think about the goals and if you are going to align it with the sdgs nothing like that you have to link it with the outcomes outcomes that's that's the primary thing not more of it's not an impact assessment okay. but more in terms of the outcomes how many people have been you know like uh, have uh, improved their uh, knowledge levels how many have been those type of indicators which you can actually define it based on the indicators already available okay okay ma'am thank you thank you, thank you sir uh, dr sujata uh, for gender equality there is a question from dr vasudevan dr uh, for gender equality reservation may be a short term solution in the long run would it not be ideal to make organizations more transparent Uh, reasons for uh, choosing uh, one over the other 
no i don't agree i think we need reservation but not even 33% is enough i would say 50% we are 50% of the population why not have 50% of the reservation because it why we need reservation is it is not a level playing field first that we have to understand so same like reservation for the marginalized communities for women also they needs to be uh, reservation unless otherwise it will not be possible to achieve equality it it is not more not even equality i'm speaking about equity this there is a concept called equity and i think we need reservation and i would strongly uh, advocate a 50% reservation because then only we will reach the 33% right so mr krishnaswami uh, the question to you is should a trust which is registered also required to give a minimum compliance report if yes to whom trust is the easiest thing you have to report only to the income tax association and to make it more compliant your annual reports should be pakka the annual report will give you what are the activities you undertaken what are the what is the value of money that you have handled over the year so trust is very easy you come to the society then you have to report to the register of societies also income tax and then then you come to the company section 8 company then you get into the register of companies also right sir so the next question is um, what about the welfare of senior citizens one mr murli dharan is asking is it also covered under csr activities old age homes day care centers all these things come under csr that is where the senior citizens come into play not anywhere else and of course they are covered under any other category thank you right sir and one question again is uh, from sam nicolas can we have a standard template to track and report csr project impact spending is there any standard template for that sir there cannot be any standard template sam it's basically project wise it will vary you have to create your own templates and it how how you agree with the person who is giving you the money and then the reporting the government does not have any standard uh, template for all these things so you have to take it according to what project you are doing maybe in water body or education or hunger nutrition all these things that is nothing else thank you right sir uh, mr subir mohanty uh, he is asking how relevant is social accountability 8000 standards visa vis csr act rules amendments pardon 8000 uh he says there are 8000 standards okay visa vis the csr act rules and amendments so how relevant is social accountability can you can you please clarify there one minute you can just get the mic some others can hear you there is a social accountability standard that is international standard okay that is called sa 8000 so how relevant is that standard now after the amendment of because it is old standard it was done sometime in the 2003 2004 it is a international standard social accountability international and uh, corporates they follow this standard uh, so now after this amendment what has done the act was in 2013 and now it is amended now how relevant is that whether it will hold good social accountability and social return on investment lot of other things are there which come along with csr activity any activity for the sake to take a company corporate working also all these things will come into place 
So the amendment of the act or the act as such will not have any impact on such things. Only thing, how you are viewing the act, how you are viewing the amendment, that is there. Your social accountability can be traced based on your activities. It is independent of the act as such. As per the act, you are doing some activities. How social accountable you are, that is the crux of the question. I don't think you are clear enough. No, I am very clear, sir. Huh? I am very clear. So now, yeah, I am very clear. No, so now, whether, whether now that... You, whether I answered you properly, I don't know. That's what. No, it's actually, it's not clear. Because, now, there is a standard. It is an internal standard. No, unfortunately, I am not familiar with the social accounting okay, standards. Okay, okay, That's okay. a separate topic on its own. Okay. You have social, social accounting standards. San India is there. Lot of people with social return on investment. Some corporates ask for social return on investments. NGOs, be careful. Every money spent, how much does it impact individuals? That is all. So that is also there. So this is a totally different uh, topic, sir. Eh? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll have just last question uh, for the day before we move for lunch. I think either of you can take this question. It says that uh, NGOs who implement the projects at the ground level have a feeling that uh, the government agencies at the Panchayat Raj level or the uh, urban bodies like the block and uh, ward levels are not very much conversant with these CSR procedures and SDGs. Is there any attempt to educate them on this? See, this is what I suggested in my last slide, last but one slide. Okay? The SDGs have to be taken to the Panchayat Raj level. SDGs have to go into the uh, corporates. It has to go into the implementing agencies. Unless you do that, we are not going anywhere. Then this will be the, the, the sort of a we short of uh, development be happening some. These, these people will be working in a different line, the others in a different line. It will be very difficult for the SDG dashboard also to update such activities. Thank you. So to add on to what he says is uh, the government is taking efforts for localization of SDGs. It is giving training as we started uh, on working on it to giving training to the departments who are dealing with SDGs at the next level with uh, the urban local bodies thing and uh, thing. But the thing is, Panchayat Raj institutions, uh, we have had a recent, only a recent elections happened in probably October, November, and we have had the corona fallout. So I think the, that time for uh, training and all is now, I think we are now starting again to, you know, start working on the thing. And all the panchayats were earlier involved with COVID-related uh, work. Now we are starting to look at SDGs now in a much more focused way. So the training aspect for panchayat representatives, panchayat level leaders is in the anvil and it is going to be taken up in a big way. So that SDGs, then they will be aligned to the SDG goals. Panchayats will become. And also the government of India is also looking at the SDG level localization. And the mandate is there. So I think it will happen, and uh, whatever delays have happened will be uh, hopefully rectified soon. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And there have been a lot of other questions as well. Sorry, in the interest of time, we're not able to take, but many of them are very, very, uh, you know, simple things which you can find in Google, like how much percentage and what are the activities to be done and all that. I think you'll be able to find answers. Or the speakers are available offline immediately after the session. Please do connect with them. Uh, somebody has asked, will you come and share your knowledge in our institution? All those things we can discuss. There's no problem. Thank you, Dr. Sujata and Mr. Krishna Swami for being so very considerate, sparing so much of your time. Ladies and gentlemen, deserve a round of applause. And... Uh, <clears throat>
we all hope to see you more frequently at mma uh, may now request uh, our uh, knowledge partner of this event uh, mr krishna swami to you know propose his formal word of thanks before we break for lunch